0: Uh, YouTube fucking every podcast audio fucking thing blah 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 and hey Gregory guess what
1: it's episode 35 of the True Red podcast
0: (laughs) was that aggressive I'm sorry the coffee's (laughs) kicking in (laughs) (laughs) okay first thing I have to start with is alright this is a I guess newly acquainted well no I know you for many years but not very first time kind of hanging out, hanging
1: yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Other, uh, other than at that place on Coanga, uh, that was when the world was working properly. What's the place, uh, the, jo- the pizza joint? Oh,
0: uh, Elbow Room. Elbow Room. Yeah, Thank yes, you. yeah. My, Thank one you. of my favorite bars in Hollywood. Yeah.
1: Um, Gregory. Greg's. yeah, my mom calls me Gregory. No,
0: I want to get the name right. Okay. But, okay, I'm going to get two attempts at your name. Okay. It's either French sounding, or it's just, it's said how it's said. Like, a Gregory Gregory Cote. Or oh. Gregory
1: Coates. It's the Irish spelling of Coates.
0: The fuck over of here. With right? the E.
1: The, without the E's the English spelling. Shit!
0: Oh. <laughs> I was trying to be fancy. <laughs>
1: Shit. Well, it took some guys in Amsterdam one day to tell me. Some Irish guys told me. Um, they asked me what my last name was, and I said Coates, and they said, and I said, spell it. And I said C O A T E S. I'm like, oh, it's the Irish spelling. I'm like, is it? And I, because I didn't know, I knew I was like, my family was Irish and Scottish and a few yeah. other little m- m- mutt-like things. And I. Hey. <laughs> and he goes, you know anything <laughs> about your family? And I'm like. Not really. I mean,
0: you're definitely white.
1: I'm about as white as you can possibly. Blue get.
0: eyes, white. If anyone is just listening, like, I'm so.
1: not naturally this blonde, But as a kid, I was a towhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, um, but you know, I figured you know since I'm old, this makes me look less less old. <laughs> uh, you're not that old. Right. Mm. <laughs> I don't feel old.
0: That's good. Um, <laughs> Wasn't no. it you're as young as the woman you're feeling? Uh, just yeah. a, no. okay. I want to I want start because you said something funny right before I started. Okay so about like women being a band guy and women like so okay i gotta go back okay so uh i'm 19 years old i'm in college i work in a guitar store and i'm in a cover band like in ireland that was really big at the time and like uh, i was in it for six months with these guys i never knew them beforehand they hired me to sing Mm -hmm. and uh six months later like they kind of like talked to me in the van as we're driving goes like hey uh just be honest with us It's, it's no big deal like um are you gay or something? Like, I was like, "What <laughs> the fuck!" Like really offended. Like because well, you're young like, what? No, fucker! Like you know, like women are hitting on you every night, right? And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's just like you know, there's
1: two kinds of guys in the world, I think. And I, and I, you Stupid know, ones? well, there's yeah, ones yeah. who don't. Well. Growing up in a uh, family full of women Mm -hmm. and being raised predominantly by my mom, I had a strong female figure and, you know, all this female energy around me. And then then later, you know, uh, working in a corporate environment with women for a very brief moment, you just, you learn to treat them like people because they are. (laughs) And, you know, and when someone's hitting, I never got it. I never, not through high school, I never got it, you know, being a kid again, playing in clubs, you know, as a kid, and before I could even drive, that, you know, until, like, a, you know, a drunk lady would run up on stage and start dancing with me, and her husband was, like, threatening to kill me from the audience, yeah, and, yeah. that I got that she was interested in me. You know, yeah, but some people just don't assume, you know, and, yeah. you know, and those are probably the guys who get... Relegated to you know the the friend zone oftentimes too. (laughs) I'm like, oh
0: man, yeah. Yeah, I just I have this vivid memory of that same band. And like you know, afterwards the bar locks up, and you get to have the drinks afterwards. Oh, yeah. Everyone, but they're like the couple of stragglers stay behind the locals. Oh, yeah. I vividly, vividly remember hanging out with the lads drinking at the bar, and a girl like on him on a bar stool, and a chick is standing right in between my legs, talking like yeah. four inches from my face, and I'm like, yeah, dude, fucking great. And then the, uh, one of the driver, I think Mark was his name, he goes, okay, we're leaving. And I went, okay, see ya, and I just like walked away. <laughs> I was like, and then the guy's were like, what are you doing? And I was like, what? I was yeah. like, I just. I I didn't get it, dude. I just, I still don't though. I'm I'm fucking useless. Like, well,
1: just- it's 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 a fine line. It's a fine line. It, I mean, it's like if you if you know that someone's interested in you, I think that maybe regardless, of, and it probably goes for females as well. I imagine if it's that's part of the if it's that easy, yeah. there's no challenge to it. Maybe I don't know. I I. I, I I'm not Brad Pitt, so I wouldn't know. Women aren't. I'm not like me, throwing so women off of me. You know, and it's like maybe 20 years ago. It's funny. Long time ago. Okay. I, well, this is a story relating to that kind of thing, and I had no idea. I was, you know, when I was in, involved Wait, in the. You should
0: lo- probably say what you do. Or oh. you're, he's a musician. You're. A I'm primarily a musician. I'm, musician. Yeah, I'm
1: also okay. a luthier and just a tech and uh, engineer and. I do a lot of stuff it's music I'm involved on some level
0: right there's your premise everyone knows now continue
1: yeah um anyway uh what was I gonna say uh tangents uh- <laughs> oh yeah yeah sorry oh, no it's fuck. okay I shouldn't have stopped no it's okay uh, what was I gonna say um
0: relative to the women thing um yeah. Crap, I'm an asshole No, no, this no that's podcast okay podcast is over That's my
1: problem You know, that's they say The memory goes first uh, <laughs> <laughs> First the weed, then the memory <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, You just don't forget the weed yeah, yeah, yeah. That way you don't forget the memory No, you forget do forget the memory. You do forget the memory yeah, Okay um, <laughs> You forgot it already like Yeah so.
0: Uh, I'm so uh, bad
1: at that, sorry uh, Oh, no, it's all that's, Oh, no, it's fine um, I'm trying to remember what, what we were talking about there A second ago Well, it'll come back It'll come back in the middle Of something else i yeah, will be yeah. like, wait <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But, Basically, moral of the story, women are evil. Fuck you, species, people, things. I don't know. Fuck, I hate you all. Like,
1: so. well, well, that was the thing, you know. Assuming you know, the whole... You know, being friend zoned because you're the nice guy. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah, assume yeah. anything. You don't want to you don't want to offend anyone, but at the same time they're waiting for you to make this move. Yeah. And you've no idea. And you have no idea that they're waiting yeah, for you to make this move because you're not this you're not the other kind of guy who assumes every chick that comes oh, near you wants well, that. Like so. And you know, and they're always <laughs> the ones that end up with the girls, but they always end up bummed out afterwards. Yes. but and
0: also th- the quality of girl. That's the thing. Like so that's, I, that's, that's that's the one thing I've learned when I hang out with like those guys. like I have a few the lads that they have a few fucking p- beers or whatever the fuck, and they, the their confidence is just like through yeah. the roof oh, yeah. And I'm like what the fuck and they will latch on anything with a pair of tits so oh, it's yeah. just like but it's it's a sport to watch because I couldn't like I could never lure myself I don't know I just can't, can't do I flirted obviously with women drunk but uh well, the, not, well, the best
1: thing you can do is make them laugh
0: That's my first rule.
1: I think, you know. And And that's
0: my first rule with anybody, though. Just, like, make them laugh.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, if you can make somebody laugh, you know, then you obviously, you you break down that that guard. You break down that that barrier, that, you know, that defensive barrier. Because, obviously, you're leveling the field of, you know, humility and and humor is some of the best things you can expose. 100%. The best way you can expose yourself to people. Yeah, if
0: I've learned anything from my 20 minutes on Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I couldn't do it, dude. I
1: haven't know, went like, there yet. You know, I just—you uh, know—it's hard enough in real life. To, to, to the thing is, there's so much, so much sketchy, scammy stuff yeah. out there. It's just—I I just don't even open myself yeah, up to it.
0: My friend uh, Bunny at home you know, in Ireland, like, he'll send me screenshots. Mm. <laughs> it's so funny of like, like women in your area and like the the profiles, what they say, and i like, I had this conversation. I think last week with Francesca, she was on. And I was uh, like, yeah, yeah. why I don't they it. just call it? Like, I want to fuck.com. Like, that's what it's for. Like, so, Like, but it's like, uh, what did he send me the other day? <laughs> it was like, um, 20. but you're going to pay me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. No, that happens as well. well, like,
1: well so, regardless, it always happens. You, yeah, yeah. you always end up paying what
0: for it. What movie was it? It's the guy that gets the girl, and she'd be like, so $300. And he's like, you're going to pay me Man. $300? that's and he like, goes, cool. No. <laughs> but that's the thing. And I, I also had that conversation. I've never met, like, any women like true i've never done i did 20 minutes of the date nap thing mm-hmm. and i just like i sat here just like i i can't do this this isn't how people should meet it's not natural it's weird it's how do you know if it's it's like looking through a fucking uh, uh what do you call it the the, the shopping guides oh yeah the, yeah, the, yeah the big old books that you yeah. used to get yeah, like, like sears so. and Book.
1: yeah yeah um, booty sears booty, booty mag yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah yeah it's just like oh her i'll pick her i'm like I was like, yeah. no. You know, that's a that's
1: a thing. You know, it, I mean, having been in bands and playing with female musicians and stuff like that, and just seeing seeing how they work on the road and travel, and, and it's like you start thinking of them as like team members that kind of thing so but the but the the women in the audience and it's just such a different thing different it's, it's such a weird dynamic you yeah. know and uh, yeah it, it yeah i mean if any i don't know man if if, if everyone knew how to deal with each other better there would be far less divorce <laughs> 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 you know they'd probably be far less marriages too because i mean the way absolutely I, the way i am at this point in my life after all these bands i've been in all the records i made that haven't been released all the relationships i've been through that I ultimately ended up failing miserably yeah, at, but well, lear- learning lessons. Me you too, one
0: hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I am one hundred percent a failure. I am, <laughs> so man. Just like- tell
1: you, you know, in my last, obviously, my my marriage. Anyway, I, I, it was a it was a kind of a subconscious. Uh, or it was a conscious effort to prove to myself that I wasn't a self-absorbed, typical musician jerk and that I could put someone else's needs above my own. And I I definitely learned that and I definitely achieved that and I learned how to be, if anything, a good parent. Oh, wow. Because I definitely had more of a daughter than I did a wife.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) 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 She knows. Oh, if you need this for legal purposes, please email me at thetriggermanpodcast@gmail.com. So, wow, I was like, "Well, you have kids? No, no, you, know, you—that you, was uh, no,
1: I wanted one, but this, I don't think it's going to happen now.
0: No, I, well, I, 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 never wanted them. So, that's, unless I
1: retire in Italy and find a girl like half my age, which is my plan, that's
0: possible. Yeah, just buy a nice, small, little, shiny car, <laughs> fucking sip wine and eat. Bread and olive oil, and get some really tanned, nice twenty-two-year-old. That's like, oh, Gregory, <laughs> I want your babies. <laughs> It'd be nice. Be it's idea. just like, hey, live the dream, you know? Raise, so,
1: raise some horses and get uh, some kids to shovel the shit. there <laughs> It's like
0: that's the reason. Is I like, know I need kids to shovel horse shit. I, like, I, do, so, yeah. I do.
1: Well, I did a lot of that as a kid. I grew up on a farm. So. Uh, me too. Like yeah. so
0: that's the weird part. I was like, t- like people like they like the the I'm I am guilty of this as well. Like the preconceived. T- um, thoughts you have when you meet people or you see people or whatever mm. like that and i'm totally guilty of it but people when i hear that, what they thought of me like one of my best friends is the best story and he just thought i was another just another tattooed guy liner wearing <laughs> douchebag in hollywood and i was like yeah i can see that I, was like, I, can't, I can't even fault you and i was like all right and like most musicians i'm not gonna lie like like present company excluded like i don't hang out with musicians i don't like they just they it's normally is about like, oh, dude, bitches and fucking drugs and cocaine. I'm like, yeah. I, I just told you before, like, I've never done drugs. I was always too afraid, but yeah. and I never got to really super indulge in the bitches. Yeah. So inverted commas.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, you know, growing up, I grew up in Michigan, and and you're like five months of the year is like sub-zero temperatures. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you have a lot of time to ponder and a lot of time to do things. Luckily I, I had music and I, and we had recording studios and we had basements which was something we don't have here. Northern California yeah. you see some once in a while so we would just literally just like Gra- grab a sheet of acid, <laughs> as much weed as we could carry, shitty weed with seeds in it, yeah. whatever, whatever pop off crappy vodka we could like steal from the local store or what, I, what my older sister or her friends could buy for me for ten bucks. Uh, and we would just we'd party because there was nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd go out and play hockey once in a while, you know, or something like that. Or you know, we what we would do is we'd get a keg the one day and we'd drink as much as we could. Then the next day we'd go out in the snow, dump the dunk the keg in the snow. Yeah. Everyone dress up, play snow football, beat the living crap out of each other, and just drink beer all day until the keg. Was was gone that That was was that was fun that was a good thing to do in the winter but you know it gets when it's 35 below zero it's not really you can't uh, touch any you're just like
0: except beer Beer. yeah beer beer you can still do it kind of warms your beer (laughs) that was like that was it might as well have been an olympic sport for (laughs) i didn't really drink till i was nearly 18 because i was terrified as well Uh um I was terrified of everything, but uh, <laughs> once that started, that was pretty much me all the way through near the end of my 20s, and everyone at yeah. home, it was just yeah. like, there's nothing to fucking do, yeah. and it's raining all the time, and cold, and it's just like, yes. and we we had our clubs, and our music, and our basement clubs, and all that yeah. stuff, and did our show, like I wouldn't change any of it, but like, I feel like I lost probably 15 years there, <laughs>
1: so you know, I, I've been the same person since about eight eight years old. When my parents split. You know, I I, I remember walking outside in the winter time to 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 take care of the trash, and I just kind of had this realization: like, I'm the man of the house. Oh no, I'm yeah. eight years old, and I'm the man of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, Legos and army man. You know, oh, I know I'm dating myself. Uh, Legos and army men are no longer oh, yeah, part of the equation.
2: What? No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I
1: started learning how to fish and do do man stuff and uh but I you know it, it's 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 weird I, I had to, I kind of had to grow up early and then I you know started playing in bands really early too so I had to you know I was exposed to things you aren't supposed to see for another yeah, 10 yeah. 15 years and then I, my older sister took me all these shows of like this you know classic and you know classic era of hard rock and metal like you know like like what? Like 1980 through like, you know, mid mid 80s. And then I had a, uh, you know, it's everything from, you know, vintage Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, you know, Motorhead, ACDC Back and Black Tour, yeah, like, you know, all that really formative Van Halen, Fair Warning. I saw that. I mean, the next day I bought a Jesus. guitar. You yeah, know, I mean, I saw some stuff. I'm old. So <laughs> I'm old enough, anyway. Well, I didn't, you know, I missed out on stuff that was probably even more of an influence, like Hendrix and The Doors yeah, and Pink Floyd and stuff like that. No, then you're old. Uh, then, then I'm old. But yeah, but it was obviously, I was, I was a zygote, maybe, yeah, yeah. at that point. Um, but, uh, you know, e- I, I grew up early you know and, and luckily because I grew up in a town of like 3,200 people in the middle of nowhere sounds
0: very similar to me yeah
1: I mean literally like 3,200 people I think my graduating class was like 126 people yeah you know exactly and as we're um, on. yeah I mean you knew everybody and luckily I'd come out after my parents split my dad moved out here and I'd come out here every summer how old
0: were you
1: then? Oh, I was eight I'd started coming out here about when I was like around 10 or so oh, I'd come wow. out and spend all summer in California wow. which was the wrong time to come to California I should come out here in the winter
2: yeah yeah, yeah no
1: shit <laughs> But school is happening. The thing is, I almost moved out here from Michigan uh, uh, before I started high school. If I could actually go back and do it, I probably would have done yeah. that. But, you know, it, it was funny because that's a story. Funny story, an old music store that used to be on uh, Ventura Boulevard is a place called the Base Center. There's, I think there's one. there was one in London as well, and there was one, I think, in Seattle for a while. That was base, base Northwest. But it, none of them are there anymore, I don't think. Um, but I, my dad trying to keep me here trying to keep trying to keep me here in, in in california when i before i started high school took me down there to buy a big big old bass rig so i was playing a lot by that time and I walk in there and I have long hair long blonde hair like a pink floyd dark side of the moon te- sweatshirt on and this guy at the front of the desk just tries just gives me this hard press he's like you know kip winger's coming here to buy an swr rig next week and i'm like i want that i want the trace elliott rig i want that yeah, and yeah, he yeah. just wouldn't let me plug into it wouldn't let me play it. kip winger's gonna buy it. i'm like fuck kip winger <laughs> and fuck you you know i'm like, gonna a pink floyd shirt on. i want Tony Levin, I want that guy, I want his stuff, and I want this, and t- John Antulso from the Who plays it, and he just wouldn't have it, so that guy's the reason why I didn't come to California. Wow! Whoever, whoever that sales guy was at the bass center in like 1984. I hope you're dead! Yeah, fuck that guy, whoever <laughs> he is. You, you know, know what?
0: And, and you know He's probably in the rainbow right now, fucking slamming shots. <laughs> and I don't
1: mean to talk shit about Kip Winger, because I, you know, I realize he went to Juilliard, he's a studied musician, you know, I'm a winger, whatever, but... You know, I mean, but at the time I didn't give a shit. And I couldn't yeah. care less.
0: You, know? you ruined
1: my life, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I was like, I was into Cliff Burton and Steve Harris, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. you know, at that point, you know, so uh, yeah. Anyway, that that so seems, you're like a
0: lifelong bass player now. Like so well, I
1: started out and I started out banging on drums when I was like seven, okay. and I don't have any musicians in my family, and I think a lot of it was just from listening to. I l- grew up really listening to um after my parents, but my mom was really the disco was the big thing. That was like yeah. late seventies, so I grew up listening to a lot of BGs, a lot of a lot of Saturday Night Fever soundtrack on eight track. And it's great. I remember that's the day that FM Stereo FM radio started because we <laughs> I, we I, growing up in Kalamazoo, Michigan where I was was right exactly between Detroit and Chicago and we were a cl- little bit like a mile or two closer to Chicago so we picked up w- WLS which is
0: WLS Chicago
1: <laughs> you know that was the call and, uh, but I remember hearing it and everything sounded like this on AM radio yeah, 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 yeah. and I remember, remember the day it sounded like this yeah. and then Fleetwood Mac Rumors was on and, oh, and the Eagles Long Run was on and, and Hey 19 by Steely Dan came on and it sounded like I was sitting in this chamber and everything sounded so huge and it was like what? and that was my exposure i remember the day yeah, fm yeah. like fm radio started and it sounded like this i was sitting in this world of music and uh you know it was amazing i'm, I'm glad i grew up then i'm glad i grew up in the, like the tail end of the 70s and the early 80s and i got to see like van halen instead yeah, of oh seeing shit. instead of staying seeing the 10 years later you know la hair metal which i'd Really didn't care for it. You
0: weren't it. worn into it? No, I
1: wasn't at all. You know, I mean, it, I I got out of it. I turned into like a jazz snob, started playing upright bass, I turned oh, wow. into a jazz snob, and like anything <laughs> that wasn't rock. Well, I was a metal guy, and then I kind of got bored with it because yeah, there was a lot of screaming and yelling, and it wasn't a whole lot of songwriting and melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, I mean, that's ba- my band. Fans back then could write better songs. Mm-hmm. I think Their songwriting was still a big equation of it. I mean, British Steel's got a bunch of hits on it. You know, even Iron Maiden back then was writing not such crazy, crazy orchestrated pieces. A little more direct. You know, yeah. or like Number of the Beast stuff like that, or you know, Ace of Spades. That whole album's just yeah. you know hits. You know, rock and roll. Uh, you know, but uh, how things changed. And I, I, I learned that you know it just wasn't as much range as like if I, when I put a Miles Davis record on of my band. Band teacher gave me a stack of Mingus albums. And said, "Go home and learn, you know listen to this."
0: And yeah. I was just like to learn it. yeah well <laughs> it, it
1: was obviously a lot to take in but I mean when I started playing upright bass I really started getting okay this is a legit instrument this is yeah. like what real bass players play and it was a real challenge and it made my electric playing like pfft. You know, like playing Steve Vai solos on my, on my electric bass. Because really? I, I could. Yeah. You know, because upright bass made my hands so strong, and I learned theory, and I learned how to play, and I learned how to use a bow, and played cello a little bit before then, you know. But it, drums is what I started on. I went to guitar. I went to banjo because had an uncle, but he wouldn't let me play <laughs> as Martin, so he made me play the banjo. Um, Makes know, sense. Yeah, he wouldn't let me play as Martin. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, but going through that, I got through, and got into, like, um, I remember the record that got me, st- really started playing electric bass was uh, Paul Simon's Graceland album. Wow. And seeing Bikiri Kumalo, who's the bass player on that album, who's ridiculously underrated and one I of the like most... I
0: vaguely remember some Paul Simon 80s stuff. The bass yeah. He caught a lot nuts. of flack
1: for that record, and, and I get it to a degree, but they they invited him to come play with them and write music with them. And my... Too loud or too no no quiet. You're okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just checking. Come Am I on. talking too much? <laughs> yes, that's good. This is a podcast. Well, um, I remember seeing the, the the concert they did in Johannesburg. And, you know, giant crowd. and yeah. You know, and and oh, I think apartheid. I, I can't remember because I was kind of a kid still then, and you know, you're not exactly politically aware at that point really you might know who your president is and you don't know really yeah. you read you read about how at least in the states anyway you know you have three branches of government and you get it shoved in your head every yeah, year yeah, and, you're yeah. like, uh, and you kind of pay attention to it but I mean seeing you know all these people in South Africa celebrating and playing you know this amazing music that was theirs like being reintroduced to them by you know a pale little guy from New York yeah, yeah, you yeah. know playing with them and it was amazing this bass player was playing melody bass and like the hooks of the song all at once and it was just like holy shit and I, you know that was a guy who actually got me playing electric bass really again. And then uh, a a few years later, uh, this gal, I I don't remember how I met her. I think we just probably did a lot of drugs together and partied. Um, (laughs) Always the start of a good story. Well, you know, it's (laughs) booze and drugs. Um, You know, it breaks the ice. Um, But uh, she was infinitely hipper than I was. And she's (laughs) the one who introduced me to, like, Jane's Addiction on their first tour. And she's the one who took me to see... uh, I, I, and it was a pivotal moment where I'm seeing seeing Soundgarden like, oh, you like maybe three years into their existence. Oh my God. And I remember seeing, it was like maybe 87, maybe.
0: So it's it, the first it album? It was before
1: SS, the SST record, before before Ultramega OK came out. And I remember seeing Chris singing or you know, them playing and it was just like, okay, this Japanese guy on bass, this crazy looking Indian guy on guitar. Yeah. And whatever Chris looked like, you know, exotic, crazy dude, as soon as sounded like Nusrat Fatayale Khan, you know, singing. Yeah. And then Cameron who's just, out of control, good white guy. White guy, yeah, yeah. He looks like he looks like a, like a twelve-year-old kid for of yeah. his life. With, I think with his like step, yeah, with his little, like, with so this bob cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, and <laughs> they were in a really unique band. Yeah, and, yeah. and then hearing Chris sing uh, "Far Beyond the Wheel," and I just was like, and you know, and i already been into Zeppelin and hearing you know yeah, Robert, yeah, yeah. Robert Plant sing flat half the time. Yeah, yeah, shit. <laughs> <and> yeah, but <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no, <laughs> compar- oh, no comparison. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I love, but, I, I love
0: Zeppelin as well, yeah. but no comparison. I'm sorry,
1: but hearing that, which was, like, from his lowest octave to four octaves above, and yeah. sounding like an Indian classical vocalist, and I was just like,
0: holy shit. He is still, to this day, my, probably my, like, well, my top two favorite yeah. singers ever. Like, yeah, just well,
1: like there's just some people that, you know, I, him and Sam Cooke we're talking former, about Chris Cornell Chris for any Cornell. idiots out there. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, had I not seen him sing that, there's a really good chance I wouldn't have got back into rock music. Fuck. I mean, there's a very good chance I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't have signed any record deals. I would have stayed a jazz snob, playing anything, you know, just playing anything that wasn't hair rock.
0: What was it? Uh, rock musicians—they play three chords to two thousand people. Jazz musicians play two thousand chords <laughs> to three people. Yeah, yes, well, that well, joke.
1: Well, that's the thing that you know. And that's why I'm probably such a big Miles Davis fan, though, too. Because no matter how outside he got, it was always there was always the blues in that. And that's one thing he always said: is yeah. like, you know, I always keep the blues in this. Kitty.
2: Okay. yes, yes Kenny.
1: <laughs> so you know, and I mean, and even when he got really outside, you know, it was still it always still had that that hook in there. He's doing his
0: fucking. Kev's doing I miss his, having pets. This is my asshole plug again. <laughs> Sorry to everybody watching. I'll censor it up. Yeah. So no, it's weird. Like I, I first heard, I first really getting into Soundgarden. I was late. I, I maybe I was like seventeen, in college. So I don't know what age. What was that? Like ninety, ninety nine that was kind of really late but oh, it was after they broke up yeah that's okay. the worst part like so and I got like down on the upside that yeah, album amazing and record. then I was like alright oh, buy another one I'll buy another one. and I had to transfer it to cassette so I could have it in my walk uh, <laughs> so like again I'm like I'm not old but I like I I'm from a time of tape. Like, yeah, yeah, you
1: know. I am too. I still have cassettes. I still have my vinyl. I, I, I don't think I have any eight tracks left because they, they, that was a, such a terrible uh, yeah, format. I never even knew. The, I knew there was something
0: in the movies I heard of. They're like, hilarious.
1: So I... Yeah, they'd be in the middle of a song and they would just go like, click. And then it'd be like fade slowly back in like <laughs> <laughs> You
0: hit a speed bump or Wait something. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. That was the
1: best part. Yeah, it was pre- they were pretty funny. A terrible, terrible format. Uh, and then yeah. you had all these cars from the seventies that had eight track players. <laughs>
0: but they, they had the cartridges, right? Yeah, I again yeah. I, mean, I just saw them in movies. It was like about so-,
1: so it was about yay big, about a little bit like like the size a of break. Like a like a beta like the size of like a beta tape if you yeah. you know, VHS yeah. and beta. No one no one Anyway, it was a terrible format. Um but yeah, it pre- predecessor to the cassette tape, which was Still a terrible format oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and then I got
0: into mini-disc, so I had to transfer all my... Uh, well, when I discovered mini-disc, I, I was like, wait, I can fit four Alice in Chains albums on one mini-disc? Oh, yeah, and that's yeah. what I did. And then I had my Soundgarden mini-disc, yeah. and fucking, look, Kev has a new best friend. This is disgraceful. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, like, when I heard that for the first time, and then we, f- one of my friends found a Temple of a Dog, oh, yeah. and then fucking, again, I went down. I, I became a massive... Uh, like, I was a massive Pro Jam 10 fan. Like, the rest of it's alright, it's all good, but, like, 10 was my... That's my top f- five favourite albums mm. of all time ever written. Like, so it just... hits perfection, front to side, st- and I don't like baritone singers. That's the fucked up part. Like,
1: yeah, he... Well, he um well, I, I, I'm going to say it, because I know some people might not recognize Uh-oh. it, but he can thank Chris Cornell for his entire career.
0: Oh, fuck yeah.
1: I mean, and he can. And, you know, that's one thing I will say for Chris, and I'll say the same thing about, like, Steve Ray Vaughn, who I was fortunate enough to talk to a couple times, and Jaco Pastorius. who we never got to meet, but they always talked about their influences. They always gave – someone would give them a compliment, they would – they would give it to him. hey you know Stevie Vaughn I got was able to talk to him one time after a show I was really drunk wow um, he was super nice little guy but um, I was just like oh, I love your playing little guy big okay. strings well he well yeah he's a monster and such a soulful cat you know and um and he uh, he said you know it's all about the kings it's about the you know Albert King BB King you know uh, um, Freddie King sorry mm-hmm. text another Texan. Um, and he, you know, he's a like Hubert Sumlin. He would just start talking about all the people he gleaned off. of. And obviously, a big nod to Hendrix yeah, yeah, yeah. and Buddy Guy too. You know, and and same thing with Chris. He would just. You know, he, he, yeah, I remember one of the times I saw, I saw them over at the download festival, and this was when they opened up. Jesus,
0: I've never fucking
1: heard Oh, well, I saw them more than any other band I've probably seen. Oh, you I mean, son of a
0: bitch, get uh, out of my house.
1: You know what? Well, <laughs> you know, and I'm really, I, I never saw a bad show. I've heard people bag on, oh, boring, or he didn't sing well. It's like, you know what?
0: You're out of your fucking mind. I
1: never up. heard him not just r- rip the living shit out of it yeah, he,
0: well, well, like, I'm a, I call it like full vocals, like, so like proper, that, that's where I, I, I rip off guys like Chris Cornell and Patton and my favorite singers like Whitfield Crane. Like, so, yeah. uh, Ogilvy Good Joe. Yeah. And uh, then I'm a metal guy as well, but, like, I love full voice singing. So, yeah. like, when I... Anything I would see of, like, Chris, it's all this, like, your body. Like, oh, yeah. his body just res... That from guy, his fucking toes. That like, guy had
1: just, more chi than anybody, I think. It's, it's, anybody. It's...
0: it's oh, God, he still makes my fucking skin and hair and everything yeah. just curl. i And mean, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. It's... it's the thing is with him is like he can make a, a fluffy uh, a little note fucking whatever mess up. it doesn't matter it's like right. it, it's just that the uh, energy he embodies is like the energy he's like fucking putting out is just and that's dude when I'm fucking singing that's what I want I want my body to rattle like when I'm fucking doing it like,
1: yeah it's something you can't phone in you no mean, you mean, it's,
0: it's in it's, you either have it or you do not like I'm not saying I have it but he had it 100% end of story yeah it just what a fucking power like.
1: well one moment he could sing like he, he could think is he could sing a phone book and make it sound amazing yeah. but he i mean i've been i've been working with a, a Soundgarden tribute group oh yeah, yeah yeah lately just to keep our chops up because yeah, yeah. none of us are gigging obviously but i mean okay what's the hardest stuff besides like miles davis frank zapper or king crimson to play
2: yeah
1: or charles mingus you know something really heady stuff you know or really technical metal stuff I'm like well Soundgarden, a great songs and possibly hard to sing miles. Impossibly hard to sing. Impossibly uh, hard to sing um, properly and convincingly. And you can't, it's not the kind of thing where you can, like, phone that in. You Every time you have to perform that, like, it's the last time you're going to perform yeah. it. Because that's how he sang.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, to me, it's like he was a combination of someone like Sam Cooke, who had that breakup and that soul, he was a soul singer. Yeah. He was a soul singer. and he, But he's like, Sam Cooke meets Ronnie James Dio. Uh, those, the combination yeah, yeah. of those two guys. Beautiful. I mean, just like that sweet, like, perfect, ethereal, like, you know, voice to the, like someone's just like stuffing razor blades down yeah, his yeah, throat yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but still that that in tune super in tune screaming
0: <laughs> that's, that's that's dude I literally spoke to uh, the guy that recorded my last single last week he was I was talking about you the other day to these guys he goes it's like weird because I can't I don't register an auto tune which I'm super proud of Like, because I I learned from those guys like the that raspy, in tune yeah. screaming, you know? fraying, Fri- <laughs> Frying. like <so> just awesome <laughs> is what I call it. Like, but it's he's like, yeah, I was telling these guys because like he's the, the modern. Everyone now they auto tune everything and yeah. people don't know how to fucking sing anyway. Yeah, so you gotta get it. They they, they well it's just like oh I'll just fix it in post. I was like, no. How about you fucking learn how to do it, dickhead? Like yeah. you know, just and I was so happy. He's like, yeah, I, I can't. I I can't register, you're you you will not pick up in the autotune. So and I looked at him and goes, You just need me to do it right. He yeah. goes, Yeah. I go, okay, give me two takes. We're good. Like, yeah. so, do you know who I fucking listen to, bro? Yeah, <laughs> so like, well
1: that's the thing, man. And and I give credit to all those guys. Exactly, you know, and that's the thing and coming from and I've been doing it lately, I've been doing, doing a lot of recording during this downtime okay. and um, a lot and a couple of things I've done is live to live to tape, you know, jazz, like free form jazz stuff, like writing it on the spot and it's like you have to commit and you have to you have to you have to know what you're doing and if you don't it's gonna be very apparent to the people listening that do know oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> you know so it's a, it keeps you honest that's for sure yeah. you know and i think you it. i think you know there's a there's a mo- there's a point where you know technical virtuosity is is awesome but if, it, but there's a fine line you got to walk where it's still appealing to people who aren't musicians because most of the people who are in your audience aren't musicians. No, not at all. So, and yeah. it just it looks impressive. It sounds impressive, I guess, but they can't walk away humming something that's like, Woo! Yeah.
0: okay, it's like,
2: what the hell no, is that?
0: No, I don't, I don't think people are stupid. But going no. back on what you're saying is like with the modern kind of stuff. Like, cause I'm in a, I, I'm not in a scene. I guess I'm, I revolve, I, I orbit roughly a scene of certain music and metal or hard rock. Yeah. But I I know they're not doing it. I know when I'm listening to the records, I know you can't do that. Yeah. For a fact, like I know, cause I like it's just like you listening to like probably. I can't jazz. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not, I'm like that, but I know you can't do it. Well, like there's so.
1: periods of it that I, I like more than others, you know, and it's, there's, there's, there's like, like fusion. I have no taste for it. Probably my favorite record of all time is Miles Davis Bitches Brew, which is like the, for me, the birth. And What's it death. called? Bitches Brew. It's, the bitches it, brew. it's frightening. It's some of the most primal music you'd ever, ever, ever hear.
0: All
2: right.
1: It was, it was like, they're all. Completely tripping balls the whole time, like heroin and, and LSD, and, and and but it was also, I, as far as my knowledge goes, uh, Miles and Teo Macero, who was the producer. That's when they started, just improvising, cutting all this tape, and then they would cut loops, and they actually started looping, which actually was, which was what you know, basically that was the first known looping that I know of huh. other than tape delay stuff like you know Les Paul that yeah. kind of thing but where they would like find sections that were really musically cohesive and then Miles would loop it and then we'd solo over it and so it, it was like it was it was like the beginning basically of hip hop it was the beginning of wow. it was like the basically the beginning of what would lead into you know like you know jazz giving birth to like the the idea or the the, the way to construct hip hop or, or, or rap music which is yeah, yeah, cutting yeah. loops cutting beats cutting and now how the way everyone records albums for the most part doing loops and beats yeah. or how nevermind was you know a, a loop yeah. same thing, thing over and over, and over, and over again, again yeah. but that's that from from what i know and i like to think i know quite a bit about music history yeah you know having been informed by a lot of people much older and much more wiser than myself that was the first place that that was utilized and because it was so just like drugged out and like so free-for-all they had to find pieces of music that made the most sense <laughs> Well, and so he could play you know, melodies like he does over the top of it and have Can it, you
0: imagine being in the room listening back they're like what the fuck are we doing you know imagine
1: yeah how much time well people had the luxury of time back then to make a record yeah, you know and miles was successful and you know he was supported by columbia records which what uh, year is
0: this bro? this is like, like late 67
1: 68 wow so it's like right before You know the big right before Woodstock really, and right before Hendrix really hit. And I know Jimmy, or I know Jimmy was a really like hit Miles heavily. And uh, I know from what I've heard, the the, Jimmy was going to start working with Miles before he passed, and that would have been. The be-all end-all, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. but but that's what kind of led to Miles's '70s explorations into what became uh, the Manhattan Jungle Symphony, which was basically like Hendrix with Miles. Mm. You know, a couple of guitar players playing wah wah guitar and freaking out, and more Al Foster on drums playing more like fusion beats. You know, where drum jazz drumming isn't heavy on the kick drum, but it started being more like rock beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like fusion then. Um, but uh yeah, Bitches Brew was kinda of, for me the birth and death of fusion. I don't want to hear anything after that. I and mean, there's there's I'm other bands. It's, it's I probably
0: won't even understand it though. That's the thing, oh like. well
1: you oh you know, you'll hear it and it's it's heavy. It's heavy, but it's like it's like frightening. It's like I would say it's like nightmare music. It's like music that that's if you could go to sleep and have a nightmare, it would sound like the soundtrack to a nightmare. Huh. But at the same time, it's frighteningly beautiful. It's super dark and really scary. It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the music of like how like life came to happen on earth it's like really primal (laughs) sounding shit it's it's heavy man and well they were totally on a subconscious level i mean they were whacked out on you know heroin and, and, and acid and all kinds of stuff back then see I don't want to do
2: that part though well so. the thing is
1: they did it for you you know <laughs> just read a Carl Jung book and you know then don't eat for three days you'll, you'll get the same effect <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing and, you know, so yeah I mean I don't, another tangent but anyway no no no, no.
0: go but, back to uh, the the uh, Vetter fucking oh. in his career to well Christ. I mean
1: no one knew who the hell Eddie Vetter was until Hunger Strike and that was Chris going hey man sing this part on this song for me you know and I oh, wish
2: I wish Chris murder. would have
1: done that whole record with Soundgarden honestly because i'm a much bigger Ben Shepherd fan because he's an, a genius his biggest influence is Mingus Man. i mean that guy's a super underrated bass player people have no idea and he, and he changed their songwriting when he joined they went from here to i mean it became way more commercially successful that's the white guy with the floppy hair that's the crazy well, that well that's Ben's a bass player uh, matt yeah. cameron played drums on that album because yeah. he would play with those guys i guess you know no uh, the other bass player uh, would- um well that was um well oh that was uh <laughs> Um, um uh, the guy who got fired from all uh the, from got fired from all the Seattle bands. Uh <laughs> uh not Newstead. Um, Don't do drugs. Well, I, I think he just it was kind of tough to get along with. He was he was in Soundgarden for a while and he played on Bleach uh Oh, God. Oh. But Brian, my good, really good friend who grew up in Seattle, grew up in Bellevue with Lane Staley and oh did God. all the drugs with him Dude. through high school. He was one of I'll, my best I'll, I'll friends. I want to talk about that. Oh, he's, he's, well, he's a, he, Brian Murphy. He's a very Irish guy.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Good Irish name. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he grew up literally in Bellevue with Lane, and they... They had a habit together. Wow. And the last time Brian and I were on tour, we were in the Bangkok Five together. He was a guitar player and I, you know, he and I were the main songwriters in that group. Yeah. And uh, last time we were together on tour in Seattle, we went to Capitol Hill to the one bar that would actually advance lane money to get drugs. Oh my God! Because his management was Susan Silver at the time. who was Chris's wife at that time. Oh my God! Um, wow, this is put, a great story. Put the word out, like, don't give Lane cash. If you know, I mean, unless you want him to get fucked up and maybe die, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. try to keep him from hurting himself. Because I mean, you know, it, <sighs> it's uh, it's, uh, it's uh, it. he uh,
0: saw that like. We'll, we'll get back we'll, do, we'll keep going in loops <laughs> uh, uh, the, the Alice in Chains thing is what like gave me like the gift of harmony I'm not I'm not a very accomplished musician like I'm not I just I'm able to write songs I'm able to like fix it or yeah. I'll have my friend but like uh, singing I just like I feel like I'm I was a choir boy so yeah. I was like I feel like really, but that band gave me the gift of like harmony Yeah, yeah. and like i always joke is like you can put a cat in a trash can and throw it down the hill i can harmonize the sound i can do it like vocally so it's it's those right. bands like between chris being so powerful and then like allison chains being just they're the harmony kings like yeah. they're just and they're so it's so dark and beautiful yeah. it's just like ah that's my language yeah,
1: just, and, they, yeah and then you know a lot of a lot of you know, lane came from mark lanagan you
0: know? And uh, yeah, and, and and Jim Morrison, I and, get this. Well, yeah. Don't like Mark Lanigan, and I can't stand Jim Morrison. It, it's, it's like that's so funny. My influences are influenced by people that I can't stand, and that's always the way as well, well. That's
1: the thing, you know. The Doors are a really, really polarizing band. I mean, I love the Doors. I think they're the most original American band ever.
0: I get it. I uh, totally get it. But but no. I see
1: why people don't yeah. like them too. You know, but but Jim just he, Jim fucked with people. Yeah. yeah, I love that. The lizard king. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but then, you idiot. know, but you count that. I know people who hate the Clash. I I uh, like yeah. most of the i mean, different with the Clash. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. some people. If you didn't grow up during that time, it won't hit you the way it yeah. did. Like you know when the like the the British economy collapsed and punk yeah. rock happened. I, yeah, it was
0: never a big punk like Sex Pistols. Or all shit. I'm like on. Oh,
1: I love that album. To me, is like the best recorded punk album of all time. Which it one? Does, uh, never mind the Bullets. Yeah, yeah, It yeah, sounds yeah. so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, it's and like, it's it's not recorded like as much as I love the Damned. The records the record sound terrible yeah. but punk rock wasn't supposed to it sound It wasn't good. meant to be it, good. It didn't right? matter. It was the energy yeah. and the message and the in the vibe and that's that's what really counts. And like it.
0: I got I got the prim, I just it, it I like that. I got it. I'm indifferent cuz I, I just I, it doesn't it didn't resonate with me yeah. at all. So like I don't, for some reason like the grunge era or something really hit me because it's it's like it's beautiful but it's so dark. Yeah, like so it is.
1: Well, it was a, it was it was a harkening back to like the late '60s thing, but not the hippie thing. It was more like the Detroit thing, like MC5 and the Stooges. Yeah. And yeah, Patti yeah. Smith and like the really cool shit that came out of Detroit at you know post Motown peak.
0: Yeah, they always wear the shirts. Like yeah. I just that's the only way I would have ever heard of all those bands as well. Like so, yeah. like I would have never known about them. Like so.
1: Yeah, that stuff was that stuff was amazing, you know, and and massively influential. I mean, well, I mean. Jim, <laughs> uh, Iggy, uh, was all about the doors and he wanted to be on Electra and then they ended up signing Electra and I mean the door without the doors influence on him, that the Iggy pop probably wouldn't have happened. I mean and all that goes back to Holland Wolf yeah. who's just <sighs> You know, okay. I get chills just saying his name keep man. going
0: backwards who does it all start with get back to the start. go you're on a roll well keep some,
1: going. some would say Howlin' wolf some people would say obviously muddy waters you know I mean you talked like Billy Gibbons you know it says
0: muddy waters and electricity yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: and he I mean Billy Gibbons is one of my favorite musicians I mean and I love Z, ZZ top their first incredible. four al- first four albums in particular like for me the first four van Halen albums if you don't if you don't listen to those four you're like you don't like rock and roll
0: do you believe the beard <laughs> story that it was an accident that they all came back after a Year or two break and they all had long beards. Yeah,
1: I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that movie or that little clip that they did. That was really cool. It's funny. The guy named Beard is the only one who didn't have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what a, what a great. I mean, those, how many bands still have the original members in them? Yeah. I mean, and there's still a lot. Yeah, I
0: know. It's not. I they mean, must be in their seventies. Yeah, day, so. I think so. I think so. Be.
1: They have to be. I mean, they got to be my folks' t- uh, uh, age, I would think. But I mean, the. I mean, Billy Billy Gibbons was Hendrix's favorite guitar player when he passed. Wow. Uh, well, oh. the, well, well, when they were called, oh, they were called shit. the Moving Side walks and that's what they were called when they used to open for Hendrix you know back in the day the Hendrix experience
0: all right keep going backwards go again well, I mean, a lot
1: of people will say Robert Johnson, you know, um okay. which you know was you know Devil Music, which is great, you know. But that's who, the you, thing. May, you
0: may start telling me who these people are now because well, are going back well, too far. Above.
1: Well, that's like late twenties, oh and, and then you had people before him. One guy that sticks out to me because he's dirty, filthy, son of a bitch. You know, like the first porn porn rock guy. Yeah. Well, he was a blues guy, but his guitar playing was really advanced, and it was like, well, for one thing, it was in tune, which is odd for back then because <laughs> most of the blues guys were pretty poor and they couldn't afford decent yeah. instruments a lot of times, you know, unless they made a little money, um, which would come a lot later usually, or they never see it. But uh, a guy named Bo Carter, if, if you ever want to listen to some really pornographic blues music... This, this is guy,
0: pre-1920s? Um,
1: this is, you know, Bo Carter, I think, may have been... After, i think he's after robert johnson okay. i'd have to and i'd really have to verify that i i don't have a timeline for sure but um i'm gonna have the asshole youtube yeah, well, like, dude you're so
0: fucking wrong that was 1932 yeah. fuck you well i <laughs> mean you
1: know, that's the thing well it all goes back to blues you know that's why that's why i'm a you know a big fan of you know probably my favorite city in the united states is new orleans what you gonna say black people well, I love black. People. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, well, I wouldn't have a life. No, I would. I mean, I'm. I mean, I readily admit my appropriation level. I mean, and I've also, but I learned how to play music with black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I've been able to play with like you know guys from Fishbone and like P Funk and, and to sit up there as a, you know, a white 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 guy yeah, yeah. and playing P Funk songs. Did you get
0: the seal of approval,
1: dude? I've never once. You know, when I was a kid, I played. I played in this place called in Kalamazoo, which was a, a bar called. Messiah's Working Man's Bar. I was like 19. And I was playing in the house band, doing some stuff. And, and everybody who came through Detroit and Chicago, I got to sit in with. And a lot of times I was the only white person in there. And I, I never caught a sense of racism towards me or be like, you know, get out of here kind of thing. What the hell yeah. are you doing? It was so inclusive. Yeah. I never got any kind of vibe because I guess I hung well enough that, it, you know, even as a kid, I just had big ears and I could mimic what was going on. Yeah. I had a good, good idea where to pick out pitch and play along. And I was playing bass. So it was just like, just groove the drummer watch a guitar player's hands watch the left hand of the piano player so not, you know you yeah, know so yeah, they're not yeah. stepping on you and you're not stepping on them wow so there's things i learned just instinctively because i you know I, it's I like was like the luck-
0: mechanics of it like,
1: well so. it's just being aware you know and yeah. listening and i was playing a lot of times fretless bass you know or something like that so i was just trying to trying to sound legit inside that inside that music form you know and i just i never caught i never caught flack for it you know and that's. It's I, I feel really and the same thing I can say with like Latin music you know I having been able to play a lot of like rock and Espanola stuff and I got to play a couple of cuts on a Julio Iglesias record which, Wow and well uh, a gentleman a guy who's no longer with us Robbie Rosa who was one of the original members of Menudo, he was he's the one who wrote all the music for Ricky Martin's big breakout album Holy shit and I was working in the studio at the time where I was you know making a record with one of my old bands Bird which I actually have another record coming out very soon um, we kind of got back together last year after like twenty years of Snip. not yeah we had a an interesting breakup but anyway um uh, i I, got, I was in the studio and uh and uh he literally had to stand me up because we were playing something uh, a cuban groove called dance. Okay. and i didn't understand the rhythmic like the 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 rhythmic pulse to it or the uh the accents where they're placed traditionally speaking in that and uh, you know you're gonna be on a record you better yeah you play better know. Yeah, yeah. and i was the guy who had a bass there so i'm the bass player yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got it by default and he yeah, was yeah. the other robbie's like i don't want to play bass on this and he literally <laughs> stood up and danced with me to get me to to get the pulse of it and to get the action and he's like grabbing my hands and like dancing I'm like okay I get it I feel it now okay cool and you know that was like such an honor I mean my mom was a big Barry White fan and a big Barry Gibb oh, wow. fan, but she didn't know anything about Julio Iglesias. You grew up in Michigan; you probably don't know a lot about Latin music, yeah, yeah, No unless shit, you right? really search it out. Um, <laughs> you know, '35. Well, it wasn't on no radio. One's Doing
0: fucking the Latin dances, right? yeah. <laughs> But just you know, I, that was such a,
1: a great thing that to have you know someone trust you enough that you're with your skill set that you could pick it up like that, yeah, yeah. and to, just to approach it in a humorous way where some people would be uncomfortable with that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. well yeah, I get it. If you can dance to it, that's the thing is like Oh
0: no, if, rhythm. If, like yeah.
1: yeah, in music and whatever it is. If you're thrashing your fucking head yeah, and playing yeah, yeah. metal, you know, then you get where the yeah, rhythm yeah, yeah. The pulse is. And it's really important to get inside the rhythm and get inside the culture if you can, if you're lucky enough to to understand the ins and outs of it. Like getting to play reggae. I got to play reggae with oh, like wow. actual Rastafarian guys. You know, and they were super cool and they like took the time. Sometimes hard to understand some of the heavy accent. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but it was super cool to just to have them include you you know know, i mean i feel super fortunate that that's happened all through my life
0: the best compliment i've like i've worked with like lots of pretty pop famous producers Mm -hmm. and i've worked with tons of musicians and all that. everyone's like oh dude you're very like again not uh, don't ask me to play a drum solo can't (laughs) don't ask me to do a guitar solo can't i'll do my vocals and i'll always get like oh dude that was so good thank you very much but the one time i got uh it was for a project i got to hire um a singer and i was like it was just like it wasn't it, what I was I was like I, wanna, I want a black lady to sing with me and he goes what? And he goes so uh, I put the feelers out one of my friends another Irish girl knew uh, uh, another woman uh, Cadison is her name mm. and she's like this big black lady and her voice and I was just like uh orgasmic mm. and we did these um I can't remember the studio it's over in Atwater the big rehearsal studio um uh, oh yeah you it was third Encore
1: well, no it's not through Encore it was um it was uh, Swinghouse Swinghouse yeah yeah so I we don't think it's, it's there, there anymore I think it's. oh really I, if fuck it, I, I love well, that well Phil who ran it I don't think he's a I don't know if it's still I, I would think it's still going but I don't think Phil Phil is actually running it anymore
0: Shit. oh well we, I, we did the big professional room or whatever oh, yeah yeah had The engineer and like we did a full two runs of this album. I wrote yeah. and I wrote monster harmonies, so awesome. none of the guys could sing But yeah. this beautiful big black woman, like, just, <laughs> just like walks in and, came like, in, and yeah. goes, Uh, like she's so cool, funky hair, and she's yeah. like, I got it, don't worry, honey, I yeah. got it. And all, this <laughs> I was going, all right, and we did it. And she just starts belting all my harmonies, and I'm singing, and that made me sing better. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of it, she she came over to me, and goes, "You are so good." I, go, I That's was like, great, man. "Oh my god, Dude. I'm I'm so." <laughs> I gotta <laughs>
2: tell
1: you, man, I, I I'm just playing in you know in an original rock band. It uh, was at the at, at in, in the last couple of years. Uh, it was a few years ago now. I was playing in this, in this place in Hollywood, and you know, it's one thing to really be recognized by by people. The people whose culture you're essentially appropriating, yeah, yeah, yeah. and to have them go, yeah, you know, Shit, and it's yeah, like legit, it. and I'm like, thank you, thank you. you know, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's like, it's like that's one reason why you know I I, I love New Orleans so much because for me it's like it's. I've, it's a different place than the rest of the South. It's a different place than any other city in the United States. It's the yeah. most European place I think I've ever been.
0: Mosquitoes can't do it. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I grew up there. Okay.
1: I grew up in mosquitoes. You know, Michigan's no, like not doing a it. swamp. So yeah. yeah, there's giant mosquitoes there. But yeah, they they suck literally. Um, <laughs> but uh, but for me, it's like the cultures that you know you had the Spanish that the Spanish inhabited New Orleans, the French obviously in, in, uh, inhabited New Orleans, uh, the native tribes who were from that area, I mean obviously the the slave trade and what that brought there and everything you know as, as terrible as it was yeah. it created it, that place created the western culture yeah, yeah. and went up the Mississippi to Chicago went everywhere else you know and that's what became the whole last century
0: yeah, my, but, my only part of New Orleans uh, New Orleans I like is when I like, just those bands are blasting and you just walk in and stand in the back uh, of yeah. the bar and listen to a few songs uh. go on to the that's like my favorite part but it smells like piss and vomit. so It I don't does. Know. Well, that's, why, that's <laughs> why you stay off Bourbon Street. Just,
1: uh, yeah, I, my favorite time to go there is actually Halloween. It's the best place to go for Halloween. Why? It's just because well, it's such a spooky, crazy place, and it's such an old city. And yeah. the, there's the, the tours there that are tourist things are actually really good. Okay. There's like the vampire tour you can do, and they take you to all these places where there's supposed to be vampiric activity or ghost I'm stories I'm the and most stuff.
0: cynical person in the world. I'm just like, No. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> like, no. I went there. Ruined the tour. <laughs> it was really cool though, and you know, like I mean, there's just there's a lot of places off Bourbon Street that are really amazing. Like Royal Street has all art galleries and like, okay, like really cool stuff. And I mean, the food, just the food alone. Yeah, 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 Holy yeah. shit! And the people. Were I never so cross nice.
0: crawfish until there. It was like I'd be walking
1: down the street. I'd be walking down Bourbon. And I'd be you know, hanging out there for like a week or something like that. And you know, I'd have a bartender. You know, this guy come running out of the place. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm like good and he's like yeah. you gonna come by I'm like yeah I will since you you know, ran across the street yeah, to say yeah, hi yeah. it was a massive effort but yeah okay. i like oh, I must have tipped better than people usually yeah, do yeah. or something but you know yeah I mean you know yeah it's
0: I, I like I like again I like I like uh, I, I, it's funny I have a weird love I, I more hate thing with New Orleans because I just I hate mosquitoes oh, yeah. I hate drunk people and oh. I don't like the piss, piss and vomit smell yeah. but I love <laughs> I love sitting in a bar I went to Nashville for the first time huh. last year yeah and it was like it was fucking it was white people's safari for starters yeah. like it was brilliant but it was so much fun and it was me and one yeah. of my friends and we wouldn't even talk we'd just sit there and I'd watch like I've never seen musicianship so good yeah. I still follow one of the uh, there was a girl and a guy with an acoustic guitar and I went to see them two nights in a row Like because they were singing covers yeah. it is so powerful and beautiful and I start following them on Instagram and we all start chatting and stuff but the fucking musicianship, I was just like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm fucking shit. I yeah. suck. Like this is it's, terrible. It can't. We happen. don't have this here. Like this is like fucking yeah.
1: crazy." Well, the thing about you know, I mean, well, the, it's the industry. Well was is here yeah. and it's a different thing it's like you compare San Francisco to, to LA like San Francisco music scene the Bay, Bay Area scene I mean I lived up in Northern California for a while and I go down to the Bay Area you know Berkeley San Francisco or, or like Hayward or you know Oakland and it's very different it's much more music it's much more muso it's much more art driven mm-hmm. it's not so industry driven um, obviously great talents have come out of there huge, legendary bands and a lot of really really amazing musicians a lot of like acid jazz and like kind of like funky jazz stuff more more groove oriented stuff But you don't get the industry kind of like oh you can't do that there they just like fuck that you know it's like we'll put our own records out kind of thing you know here it's like people come here for a reason. You know, I mean, I never set out to be a rock star. There was a couple points where I almost became one, I guess. You know, there's
0: a couple points I could have been one had I made different choices. <laughs> oh, you signed the deals and fucked them all up, or lost them, or did something bad as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I've have signed
1: somewhere between a dozen and fifteen deals over yeah, the last twenty five yeah. years. You know, it's like getting a deal is not the hard thing; keeping one,
0: keep one, and yeah, doing something with it. Well, so, that's yeah.
1: the thing. Is like, and the thing is, A and R people don't keep their jobs by signing people. Yeah, yeah. They keep their jobs by doing nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. kind of like politicians. <clears throat> <laughs> well see, I'm getting. Paid and I'm not doing anything, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So it's it's and or then the one the people who are good at their job and really seek out talent. We'll get the acts. They find that are great taken away from them, yeah. and they won't get the credit. And then they'll just get k- shit canned because they don't want to you know come back and find out that was actually the person who discovered this. Per- it's just so bad. It's just it's like stab, stab, uh, stab.
0: It stab. Is, uh, was it, It's it's the music business. It's, yeah, uh, it's music business. business. Yeah, yeah, it's very like, stabby. It, 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 yeah, no <laughs> shit. It's kinda, is there something in my back? <laughs> it's like no. That was my. That was the biggest. Uh, uh like i came moved here in 2011 12 i got straight onto a national tour so i immediately thought this is it for me for the rest of my life then i moved to la immediately got in the band with already kind of like inverted commas famous guys Mm. i just replaced a singer with these famous musician guys Mm -hmm. i thought this is it this is amazing like nothing like and then the business came into it and i and i realized that uh i don't fucking uh i don't kiss people's asses Good. Yeah. I'm not good at it. I don't so, either, man.
1: You don't have
0: to. Yeah, it's just like it's like, oh shit! But I'm, re- I'm like, I literally, dude. I'm not. It's not an ego thing, like, cause you gotta lose the fucking ego. But it's
1: a self-respect
2: thing.
0: Yeah, it's a self-respecting, and it's like I am very good, or I am amazing, or I am I'm very talented, or I have what it takes, but I don't have that get down on my knees and fucking I just I don't fucking I can't do it like call me a fucking asshole I don't know I just the amount well, you of things i compare.
1: can you compare I mean being a musician or like being in a band in particular you have a social structure around you you have a tribe you have a group of. you have a support group that's why things like you know Weinstein happen to actors and actresses yeah. because there's one person that doesn't have that and, I mean for me and I think you would probably agree anybody who thinks about it would really agree the toughest gig there is stand up comic that's the toughest.
0: It's, uh, yes. That's I, the toughest. I, I gig can't I even could. get my head around. I love fucking comedy. It's like. the most, so important. I mean, I yeah. mean,
1: George Carlin's one of my biggest oh influences.
0: My Not a comedian.
1: Not a, he's, just, he's a he's philosopher. philosopher. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I'm just saying. I'm no, just saying. I'm it's just true, saying. true. It's true. I mean, and Richard Pryor too. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and obviously Chappelle is just like.
0: Oh yeah, modern day philosophers yeah, I, don't I mean, care.
1: that's the thing. I find more truth. Uh, you know, from them than anybody, certainly more than religious leaders.
0: Pfft. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up Catholic. I, yeah. I can't, sorry, I can't do it.
1: So. You know, I was never baptized. I'm. I still have my original sin. i are
0: a... going to hell. Hell.
1: Good. Good. <laughs> well, I think if we're if there is hell, we're in it right now. Well, just make uh, the best of it.
0: Uh, I will quote the the uh, infamous Ozzy Osbourne. who goes, "I hope I go to hell because that's where all the hookers and drugs will be." <laughs> so... Just, I'm
2: like, all right, all right.
1: Well, John, John Entwistle did it right. Died in hookers and blow. Hey, well, yeah. no, you're
0: not baptized, so you know you're just yeah. going straight to hell. Yeah. So you're fucked. Like, but well, can't we can
1: uh, can't be any worse than Gary Indiana. Yeah, but no,
0: <laughs> I, yeah, oh god, wow. Uh, shout out Gary Indiana. What's up? <laughs>
1: hey, I, I had a gun pulled on me for no yeah, reason. Yeah. They're like, welcome, <laughs> like, give me your wallet. A word of welcoming I'm a committee. musician. I don't have a wallet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: do, do you know who I am? Nobody. Yeah, but oh. no, I, I, I. That's the but there, there's like. Perks to live in L- 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 la like that as well. Like I love, I do love stand up comedy, but I can't yeah. get my head around it. Like to get up there and just do it, I'm just like, huh? Yeah, but like the thing is, I've I listen to so many podcasts a lot hosted by comedians and stuff, and they say the fucking same thing about musicians. so I don't know how you get up there and fucking yeah. like. Well, you have to. Yeah, it's just, but it's not, it's not hard. Yeah. That's the thing. So yeah. to have that, to have that kind of skill, or even acting, dude. Actually, I, I want to get to that. One sec. Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, no. Speaking of the acting, you were the. I think the way I got back in touch with you, or the way I saw you, was you did Rock of Ages. I'm I'm still under contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm not a mu- It's a musical, like
1: it is. it's, just, it's just theater, yeah. it's a Broadway. It's, well, it's an L. It's a Broadway style production that originated at the King King in Los Angeles, and then it went on the road and then ended up in Broadway for like six years. Okay, and- so get
0: this. I don't like musicals, but guess what? Went to Rock of Ages, and then went fuck I turned around and said, guys I think I like musicals <laughs> it was unfucking believable well like, you know so, the
1: guys in the band are all phenomenal and the cast is so talented stupid like, so talented I'm very Ian? sorry
0: to hear about oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember sorry, Nick, sorry.
1: Nick Cordero yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, you know um, you don't have to. Th- uh, no, it's okay. No, I'm, I'm okay about it. I mean, I mean, I, I I'm fine. You yeah. know, I'm still here. You know, I, I'm just glad I met the guy. I'm glad yeah. I got to work with him for the brief. Just moment. for anyone
0: that is listening, like Nick was uh, one of the main characters in the. He played Rock Dennis
1: Bridges. Dupree, the bar owner, the Bourbon Room owner, yeah, in, and he in was Rock like, well, he was like 40 or 41. 41, 41.
0: And And uh, he was like, he got coronavirus really mm. bad, and he he unfortunately passed away. And I don't know him. I know, like, I just felt, I I, I honestly, I. I didn't realize how many people we all like all knew together, and yeah. like, well, so many of my friends were upset about it. And I was like, "I'm not getting this. Is not a coronavirus thing." But like, fuck! Like yeah. it's like it, it hit home because it's entertainment. It's yeah. within a crowd well, of people
1: I know, and just he didn't have any pre-existing conditions that I'm aware uh, of. Yeah,
0: here we yeah, go. Yeah. The conspiracy theories. No fucking no. no I, know, I fucking that's why it makes me angry, dude. Uh, I I, I have to stay away from this. Like the coronavirus, like oh no, fuck that. This is like it's not a conspiracy theory. Well, like, people so- could
1: be asking us why we're not wearing masks right now.
0: Well, because we made out earlier and <laughs> we realized that uh- no, we're fine. <laughs> we'll die together. Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
1: anyway, um, yeah. I mean, you know, it, the the saddest the saddest thing is th- that I can think of is he has a one a son that just turned one. Yeah. And he's not going to know his dad, but he'll know. But the thing is, because of technology and the way things are now, he'll get to see his. Father and because because Nick did so many other productions and you know worked with like De Niro and Chas Palmenteri and wow. did all this stuff. He was a Tony nominated actor. His amazing wife is you know uh, so I feel terrible for her. You know yeah it,
0: I don't even know these people. Well, I, thought, I, I just I was like watching I've never it all met her myself. And, I,
1: know, I just I know of it and you know Maddox who got me involved. Um, Michael Maddox who got me involved in the um, in the play. Um, uh, he, he was at the, I was at the bourbon room today, picking up equipment from there and he was there, you know, running a, uh, a, uh, a, 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 not a, a, well, a stream is doing some streaming yeah. performances there. They're still doing, trying to do stuff there as much as they can. And, um, you know, he would go over to Amanda, which is Nick's wife, you know, Nick's wife and yeah. he would take out Elvis who's his son and take him out for a walk every day. Oh, and, Jesus. you know, and, you know, it's just, you know, i didn't i only i knew nick for less than a year and the thing is i know where he is from in canada and i and growing up in michigan i love canadians are the nicest people in the world and i knew where where he was from in town because i I know ian asbury too having opened up for the cold a bunch of times they were both from hamilton ontario and the fact that i knew that about him i was like dude i've I've been to your little town (laughs) i know where you're from he's like what and he's just he was the best thing you can say about nick cordero besides his talent obviously he was just the best dude. He just was such a good guy. And he's one of those people that, that if you're lucky enough to meet him in your life, that you feel like you've known them your whole life. Oh, man. He's just that kind of guy.
0: Jesus he, Christ. I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> like, well, so you know, I mean,
1: I, at least I got to meet him. You know, I feel sorry for the people who didn't. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm it, so
0: happy I got to see. That was like what made it special for me is I got to see your. Yeah. Uh, I don't like musicals. I watch it. I was like, shit, I think I like musicals. And like they just, the, just the. The talent that was on the stage is just like, but he was actually one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he was like, great. It was just like him and the main kid was, were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Ian's great. Yeah, Ian, Ian Brinstool,
1: uh, Matt Wolpe, who plays you know, the narrator. He's he. Oh that, my god, yeah, he's kid, so good. He is that character, and 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 Nick was Dennis. DeFruy. I I kind of
0: felt that though. That's yeah. like, and that's why I, my my brother's a theater actor, yeah. so I want to watch him. I'm like going, Jesus, that's a. I don't have whatever that is. That's like some freakish talent. Mm, well, like so,
1: people who you know that just are that part, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm i not an 80s hair rock guy, but I get the story and it's a story about, you know, it's a very familiar one, anyone who's not from Los Angeles who comes here to, to try to make it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes exactly. you make it in a different way than what you intend to, you know, and you know sometimes I, you get the girl, sometimes you get the girl sometimes you get divorced, sometimes you get divorced <laughs> sometimes you end up in
0: debt <laughs> if you need this podcast for legal purposes, okay but <laughs> <laughs> You know,
1: anyway, <laughs> uh, call my lawyer. Fuck yeah, off. <laughs> yeah, I'm my own. I'm my own attorney. Uh, I have a fool for a client. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, you yeah, know, no. I mean, I, I I gotta say that that play literally has saved my life in the last year and a half. That's crazy. It really has. It. I mean it financially and the fact it really helped me out I mean it helped me out I mean it's and it, it was something to get good to get back into I'd done theater before yeah, yeah, and I'd yeah. done like Jesus Christ Superstar and oh, like wow. Tommy which was both great musicals I've only heard of them um, right they're a f- oh, blast I mean super talented people again working with them and anybody who's done a theater production knows that it's a pretty hedonistic crazy kind of scene and vibe and uh, it's but it's you know everybody in the production at, at the Hollywood Rock of Ages production is amazing people talented people caring people loving people you know supportive people and we went through so much to try to get that thing going it started getting going and then all of a sudden this came you know is COVID it, came on and is just it going it. to
0: be back whenever 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 yeah
1: whenever, whenever everything else comes back you know yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, it's just I mean the capacity in the bourbon room I think was 250 max yeah, it was um, a life, it's yeah. not a big place and you know the ticket costs oh, are yeah, it was perfect you know the ticket costs are, are substantial but it's immersive and you're in the middle of oh, it oh no it was amazing it, it was, was worth
0: every pa- I, I I said it to uh uh Jesus, the manager there. Uh, uh, oh my God. Melody? Melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's lovely. Like, yeah. I, I, I messaged her and I was like, I, I, I need tickets. How do I get them? He goes, just call me. I'll yeah. look what's up. I'm going again. <laughs> I don't like musicals. Yeah. Well, and then this shit happens and I was like, fuck. Well, there's what? moments that
1: are really good. And, and even being on a stage, you know, and I remember uh, I, uh, Nick and I would have this aside every night because I was like the, the person the closest to the stage, uh, right? Entrance yeah. and exit. So I would see him coming in on and off the stage, and he always look at me, look at me like, you know, do some facial thing, yeah, yeah, try yeah. to and crack me up on the side of the stage. And every night he would say something to, you know, greet me, and it was, it was we had this cool rapport on stage cause I would see him all the time. I'm standing there cause I mean the band's like standing there the whole yeah, time the whole, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm kind of tucked behind the, you know, Pat, who's like six foot six and Maddox who's like six foot four. These two big dudes. And I'd like six feet maybe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, Kevin, the drummer's in the cubby hole Bird, there. Yeah, and yeah. The Jonathan, poor Jonathan's up on top of him and people don't even know he's there. Um, who's running the show. <laughs> Thank God for that guy. Um, but, uh, you know, just every night, the same joke, I laughed at every single joke the yeah. same night because I, got it and it was part of this great story and they delivered it but well, the delivery is not yeah. like, perfect like, it was so, natural it, it wasn't forced and it was a excuse me a level of could, talent that I didn't see in like collegiate theater things that I did you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, i just
0: uh, like i'm a performer like i perform when i'm on stage but i'm performing like I don't know. I feel like it's it's an extension of me. So it's like kind of like I wrote it. It's me. It is. Yeah, me. Yeah, you're telling like, your story. Yeah, I'm telling my story. It's, yeah. it's real, but like watching that is just like kind of it freaks me out because I'm like, how is that? Like, how do you, how do you, become something you're not? It's just like the <clears throat> acting thing. It's just very fucking weird. I could do it, but it would be bad. Like, well, it's, just- it's
1: immersing yourself in a character is is you know an. It usually gives people license. It's like it's like performing with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. It's like performing, like you know, bands like Slipknot or you know, all this. It's like you can unleash because you have license to, because you're not you. Yeah, yeah You yeah. have a different identity. It's like when I, I loved playing Halloween gigs I'd be dressed up and or have a mask on. And I just could cut loose and I didn't have to worry about yeah. being apprehensive or or you know attracting too much attention because I'm just a bass player supposed to be in the background. Well,
0: that, that was Alice Cooper's philosophy. Yeah. He goes like, uh, when I'm up there, I can be anyone I exactly. want. And I was going, but then at home, he's like, I'm a dad. <laughs> I have a four handicap on golf. Yeah. Uh, I like reading books, and i I don't drink. I'm like Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. I think I love you. Like, yeah. so just like
1: yeah, he's a great dude. But too.
0: again, like talking about like who I would have again, I I, I would have stolen all those characteristics mm-hmm. from like, again the, the Chris Cornell's for the thing. I I loved that philosophy. Like I love Alice Cooper. Right? I fucking because I so theatrical as one well, crazy. But like that's where I would have stolen that philosophy of when I'm up there. I can be anyone I want.
1: And you can because, you know, people are looking for something in the audience and this is something that a lot of bands or that don't have a good manager or people who can kind of coach them in a way is like, like you have to be bigger than life. You have to be a little bit of an egotist. You have to be a little bit of a narcissist. I mean, you got to be you got to be someone who's up there and, you know, shoegazing stuff's cool and all. I mean, I guess if you, you want to be like, sad sack, you yeah. know, that's fine. That's Maybe that's part of your story. Um, and then there's people like David Lee Roth who are like yeah, the yeah, opposite yeah. end of the spectrum It's like, blah, you know, like, oh, okay. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, I had, I had the fortune of when I, I had the, the good fortune of meeting Sam Kinison a long time oh, ago. Wow. And hanging out with his whole band one day. I worked at this hotel in Michigan, Kalamazoo, before I moved out here. And I was a bartender. It was funny because I had met I met probably more famous people and got to hang out with them there because I'd spent time in L.A. and I'd, I'd met some famous people and you know so I was kind of not like a fanboy. Yeah, 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 everybody from everybody from Mister Rogers to Holy who I shit. met and I yeah, served yeah, yeah. fish to he was <laughs> the nicest guy. He was that guy. He was oh, exactly. He goes, "I'll have the fish."
0: <laughs> was he wearing the red sweater? He was wearing a red sweater. Oh my god!
1: And it was. <laughs> it, I was just like I was. Just, I walk up and I'm like
0: Mister Rogers. It's oh my a God. beautiful
1: day in the neighborhood, and he was so. so you know, Fred, Fred, such a nice guy. I, I don't remember who he was. There was he's he having dinner with somebody. I think he's probably there for a, a speech or who knows. Because I mean, yeah. he used to do a lot. Of, you know, he's politically active, and he's also you know an ex uh, uh, Navy uh, uh, Navy Navy uh, officer, I guess. Mr. Rogers. What? Yeah, he was ex Navy, ex Navy. Yeah, because right. yeah, he um. Well, there's a there's a spot where he went. There's a time when he went in front of Congress and pleaded for you know for funding for uh for uh, NPR and for like you know for the funding for the the show for Mister yeah, Roger yeah. Neighbor and for you know children's programming and uh, PBS. That's what yeah, I meant. I watched
0: a, this movie. Yeah, I,
1: I, I need to see it. I just Dude, I don't have so a, I don't have a TV, you know, so, so I don't I don't I know. Well, you know, I've got many. So. I've I've got a stack of guitars I have to fix all the time <laughs> for people who need them. So I spend most of my time listening. Um. But, uh, you know, him and I got to meet Mikhail Baryshnikov. I mean, that was, I mean, I got to hang out all day with Bobby McFerrin and smoke joints and sit by the pool. And I got paid to do that. Jesus Christ. Well, because he spent money and he was a guest there. And, you know, he gave what people. was Sam Kinison like? Sam Kinison was super calm and super, really? super chill. I don't believe it. Exactly. Well, he got to, he got to exercise the demons on stage. So he, yeah, he, huh. he that's the thing about when you're a performer, you can get rid of, and then I see that's why the appeal for a lot of people about metal and punk music is yeah. because you get all that aggression out of you. So you don't have to punch someone. Yeah,
0: yeah. if you don't know who yeah. sam Kinison is youtube it it's, yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking ah uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just, and his band was super cool and they, so I, just yeah, sat, yeah.
1: I just sat down with him at their table and my food and beverage director was like oh it's just greg hanging out with more other musicians famous people keeping them here spending money <laughs> i'm like i'm hanging out with them because they're cool and they like me yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. i'm sorry you know dude with the bowl cut who's my bat- boss you can just piss off for yeah, a minute yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it's like and it was funny because i the only time I met somebody who was famous who wasn't cool was Lyle Lovett, and, and, and really uh, he wasn't cool only for one reason. Lyle Lovett's an amazingly talented guy. Okay. He was married to Julia Roberts, I think. You know, and is that what he's
0: talented for? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's a
1: really, really great kind of like progressive country artist. Okay, okay. You know, but but really great. I mean, more like swing, more like Western swing and like kind of like 50s kind of more. But he was just super talented and his band was phenomenal. Um, but it was a dead of winter in Michigan and he wanted fresh apple pie. I'm like, dude, it's Michigan. We, it's not, you know.
0: Were you getting apples?
1: It's like frozen apple pie, but we don't have it. Yeah, we got yeah, mud pie. And he's like, I don't want that. I'm like, I'm sorry, Lyle. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Here? I'm like, <laughs> what you I'm pulling an apple out of my ass. I, you know, I can't. Yeah. Um, but you know, so but you know, it was funny because back there, it's like. You know, you don't. I just didn't expect to meet a bunch of famous people, yeah. and uh, yeah, but it was fun. I always ended up hanging out with them. That, yeah.
0: was, that was me when I first moved here as well. I was like, like, like Kevin, he's famous now. Um, <laughs> uh, just going like, cause I, I did everything that everyone else did when they moved here. You go down to the Sunset Strip, you yeah. hang in the Hollywood bars, yeah. you meet the fame. And I was like, I was like, oh weird. I'm not. I was never taken back. it Was always like, I just, I came in with the attitudes. I, like, uh, you're my peer. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm as good as you. Well, that's why they live
1: in Los Angeles and New York because they won't get, you know, uh, you know, they won't get brutalized, you know, cuz yeah, yeah, people you know, I'm sure you know you get your fanboys and fangirls that drive people nuts, but it's 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 fewer than it's fewer than It is kind of yeah. yeah it's,
0: it's almost like frowned upon nearly yeah, like, so it's just like, like there's like, just people with a cool job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and it's know? like oh shit, look that that's, that's the guy over there. I was like, yeah, don't go over it, though. Like just yeah. like don't fucking It's yeah. weird. Yeah, like again, like the 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 I went to the Rainbow a lot when I first moved to is just taking Kev, the podcast again. You know, he's got his butthole on my face. <laughs> the huge but like it's just seeing the <laughs> when you see like uh famous people yeah. and they're just eating food and drinking a beer I was like going oh
1: I got never t- mind <laughs> I was at a party one time in Bel Air for this big record executive person and I'm like what am I doing here and I was in a band So the night I met Ross Robinson actually okay, and yeah, we've yeah, been cool, really, cool. Good fr- really good friends ever since it's like you know no way really oh yeah I, I work with I work with Ross a lot I, work, oh, wow. I, I get I, um, dialing guitars where I've worked on a bunch of records with him and I've done sessions with him too as yeah. well yeah <laughs> 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 and uh but he was there that night too and he's sober he's you know yeah, yeah. drugs and there's like me and my bandmates and it was the band bird and it was me yeah. and me and bird who's a singer guitar player and uh miley who's the drummer in rival sons he was the drummer in that band yeah. and we're hanging out over here and we're hanging out with all the wait staff because we're drinking and having a good time and we were the only ones who were and there's a whole crowd of famous people over here just doing piles of blow and yeah, being yeah, completely yeah, yeah. out of their skulls and we're just over here drinking jack daniels and having a good time and ross is hanging out with us and just he, I remember he asked me a question about a, a certain band that I won't mention about <laughs> joining them and there's a female art I, I can't even call her an artist there's a female in the band wow who's a fucking piece of shit <laughs> I gotta get the name oh uh, I mean if I say enough that people understand yeah well the fact that it's Ross asked me about it yeah. you know I maybe I shouldn't say anything but, uh, but uh, <laughs> I got offered a gig and I was like dude if I'm in the same room with her I'll stab her in the face oh wow and he laughed he was like yeah. so we were friends ever since then um, but <laughs> And I know people have worked with her. that did not have anything good to say about her. Um,
2: there, there's a lot
0: of those people in this town as well. So yeah. Well, think...
1: you know, when you have some. Everybody write your own records. You know, then yeah.
0: yeah well, no. That, yeah. There's the other thing is I, I never, I didn't. Like I learned so much about stuff like that when I moved here. I was like, wait, you guys don't write your own songs? <laughs> so, like, what have I been doing for the last 20 years? Why didn't I just pay somebody? Dude, I've had
1: I've had people write down things that I've said and turn them into songs. I, there's, That's there's, amazing. I've, I've had lead singers like I will say <laughs> something to them and they'll get the credit for saying it. it will get quoted in LA. Weekly or OC oh yeah, well weekly? Oh, that's what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to just take sound
0: bites. <laughs> then I'm going to I'm going to repeat all the stuff you said about Miles Davis and cut yeah. you out. like, actually, yeah, like 1920, there was a real.
1: <laughs> Greg's pretentious pretentiousness lessons. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not being pretentious. It's not, I mean, it's not pretentious. No, it's, it's interesting. It's and you factual. Know well, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's influ- influential. You know, I mean, Miles. It's, there's a story about Miles being at I think a White House like awards dinner or something like that, and he's he's he was a powerful. Strong figure. I mean, he was in, he was imposing. He was you know he was a you know really good boxer too. You know wow. I mean, he grew up in East St. Louis, so you had to learn how to fight or you wouldn't have made it out. Yeah, yeah. and um, he if you ever want to read a great book about the history of jazz that really matters, read Miles Davis's autobiography. It's amazing. It's, it's a good read for anyone. Um, but he, he talks about, he's sitting down, you know, in the, in this, in this, uh, you know, a crowd essentially. And some I think presidential awards or something like that. I can't remember what exactly the details about it. He talks about in this book and he's sitting next to some stuffy old late old white lady. And she's like, <clears throat> Who are you, and what are you doing here? And, and he's just like, I changed music six times. What are you doing here? <laughs> and he did. He, yeah. he was like, I mean, every major movement in jazz, really, other than maybe like Charlie Parker and probably you know Duke Ellington and some of the people that preceded him and influenced him to a degree, or Miles, you know, Mingus, who kind of melded jazz and classical together. Miles was at the forefront the whole time. I mean, it, it, you know, obviously Coltrane being another big artist, but Miles really did. Change music, American music. Jeez, I to some
0: more well, I have you know, really it, anything. Like,
1: it's, it's more accessible than a lot of jazz for a lot of people. Or, or I mean, if you're going to get a box set, I mean, well, well, just start out with Kind of Blue. I mean, it's like it's like that's the jazz album. It's like the last acoustic jazz album ever really recorded wow. before like electric instruments got involved or like electric guitar got involved. Yeah, yeah. It was all acoustic instruments and recorded. And Paul Chambers, the bass player, is amazing. His bass lines alone, are just, but you know, I usually suggest to people if they want to learn how to really sing and do, work on their phrasing and like hold you know control older breath, learn Miles's horn lines off there. And learn the wow, sax yes, lines, right. yeah, yeah. and just because his a his tone, try to emulate the tone. Try to find how you can change your embouchure and the shape of your throat and your mouth to yeah. emulate to emulate those tones and to just get a range of tone inside your yeah. head. Treat yeah. yourself like an instrument, you know. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a trained vocalist, but I've sang my whole life, um, and and, and, it's, and it's helped me get a lot of gigs being a bass player who can sing as oh, well. Shit. And I mean, and just being a functional bass player is a good thing. But when you can play everything and sing, yeah. you know, it, it gets you a lot more gigs than otherwise you know, <laughs> yeah, <I> know <laughs> so
0: that's that was that, that was my when i put the band together my band together now it was just like shit like is can anyone fucking sing anymore oh, like I, but it, like i i am a snob when it comes to singing i'm sorry like it's just like wait, like, i don't mind a three chord song i love it as uh, simply dum, tsh, dum. if the singing is shit i can't do it man like and like again most modern artists most modern bands it's all post-production <sighs> it's all faking it it's yeah. like it's not it's not real I, cause like I go to the shows or I'll play shows with them and I'm like a lot of, you hear the backing tracks yeah! It's not, it's, that's not you like yeah. what are you doing it's just like and I use backing tracks with like synth lines and fucking gang shit and all that yeah. like I do it but all the hard shit that's me motherfucker yeah. like I don't care like, well
1: you want to earn it I mean I think you owe your audience you owe, 100% you owe, it, you owe it to your audience to give them their money's worth whether they're paying or not you know but it also you know people can tell when you're not when you're, when you're phoning it in when you're not yeah. I remember one band I was in I remember just looking out to the 15 year old kids out there and they just got their arms crossed and looking at my singer just going
0: oh wow you see, they know, man. I'm well, they know. Saying. They know
1: when it's when you know. And the thing is, that guy could really sing if he took care of himself, wasn't gacked out all the time, and yeah, I had to sing his choruses, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. he's like wasn't taking care of himself. Well, he you
0: was, know, I want to be a rock star, bro. So just like that's
1: the, that's the difference, you know. I never <laughs> set out to be a rock star. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a musician. I've been a musician yeah. my whole life, and that's the thing is, like, because of that, I'm not going to live and die. That's the thing about singers and that they have to consider. And I've talked to many singers yeah. and worked with some really talented ones and some not as talented ones, um, but it's like most singers are cursed to live or die by the band they're in. And it's like, it's really hard to have a career after that band either comes or goes, you know, it's it's, because you're married to it, you know, and it's like, it's hard to to break off and, you know, I mean, Axel's always going to be Guns N' Roses singer. You know, Uh, James Hetfield's always going to be, though he plays guitar, always going to be Metallica's singer, you know, or vocalist, you know, and so they can't just go Put on a mask and go yeah, yeah. be Corey Taylor, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> who's yeah, yeah. you know having that mask on and then being able to take it off and it gives him more options. He, he's obviously a really capable. I, I think a cap- very capable singer. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually he's fantastic. Great. Yeah, he's really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's that's the thing. You know, so so as you know, your side people, your band members have potential to be. Employed their whole life if they keep their shit together yeah, and improve. If they're and, good, if, if they're so. good, yeah. if they're good. Yeah, I mean, if they can hold it together, if they write, which is I've always been a collaborator and a yeah, writer, yeah. so that helps a lot That's too. Me too. And you know, it's it. Yeah, I mean, you set out to be a rock star, then you get set up to be pretentious, and the thing is, you know, there's going to be people to see through it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have
0: the uh, sorry. Get oh no. Out of here. How dare <laughs> you call me? <laughs> it's um, so nice to turn your phone off once in a while. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I I just like um. Uh, on the contrary to what people might believe I don't have the ego for it like I don't have that like I there's a difference between ego and certainty like I'm certain Mm. I'm good enough well you have to be confident yeah no no I I bleed it I ooze it I'm like yeah but like there's I obviously I've been doing it a long time and I still never get past a certain point and I'm aware like I'm not stupid I'm like bro it's someone else is holding me back no there's there's something I don't have that the bit music business as you said it's it just they don't like it or they don't want it or because like I did it I do I'll give you a funny story because like again love Chris Cornell love mm. I. Yeah. Uh, I did a Ian show private for a label in mm. LA years ago mm. and uh, the the actually I got on best with the guy to own the label he's mm. this, this European guy yeah and I'm European, so I guess like we just started talking, and he was super nice. He was yeah. showing me his car. I loved him. Then there was the guy, the president of the label for mm. LA, and the A&R guy, and they're mm. American as fuck, and yeah. they're the guys that are like, oh, we make all the decisions. Yeah. I didn't get along with them. Mm. And um, then they went around the room, the A&R guy positively critiqued everyone, yeah, I like what you did there, mm-hmm. blah, blah, And then uh, Jimmy, um, yeah, uh, you gotta pick a range. I goes, what? He goes, mm, you sing in too many different ra- keys and ranges. I go, I was like, Excuse me. Well, there's 12 notes. Yeah, I was like, no, because <laughs> I, I was, like, no. Cause I was screaming, guttural. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I, I, I do like the 80s stuff where they kick themselves in the balls yeah. and scream. I, I do all of that, and like the Chris Cornell, oh, Jeff
1: yeah! Tate, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know,
0: you got to pick one. There's too yeah. many different singing styles. I'm like going, I was like, well, oh, that's 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 someone that's that's someone
1: who sells margarine.
0: Yeah, I was like, yeah.
1: That's a marketing guy. You know, and the thing is, that's that's why it's so important whether you're an actor, an actress, a comic, a musician, you have to know who you are. Because if you don't determine it, a bunch of monkeys around you are going to do it for you, and you don't want them to do it. You know?
0: Yeah, my response was like, "Eh, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. no. It's like, cool. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're a failed artist.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, (laughs) yeah. But again, you know that's what happened. Like, he was like fucking in a punk band or something when he was 12, and he was the worst guy in the band or like just couldn't ever get it together. So. I'll start organizing the show. So I was like, "Yeah, okay, never mind. Well, Frank, like,
1: Frank Zappa said something really, really. Uh, well, he said many things that yeah, were very, very intelligent. Shit. Yeah, another great book, Frank. The Frank, real Frank Zappa book, a great book, and there's there's some really good stuff in there just about, you know. And he obviously never had commercial success, but he had a you know created a huge yeah, body yeah. of work that's phenomenal and crazy and inspiring, <laughs> and the musicianship. So much was, drugs. Yeah, and, and well, he not him. What we never no. the fuck out, you out know, here. Burt Weenie sandwiches and cigarettes.
0: Re- Re- yeah. for real yeah yeah
1: coffee oh, cigarettes fuck me yeah no everybody else there's a really funny story about a, i won't name the guitar player but people who know about Frank Zappa will know what i'm talking about um it's not steve i uh, <laughs> um <laughs> it was his guitar player, right? Well, yeah, one of them. Yeah, he's yeah, had yeah. many, many amazing guitar players. Um, but one of the, one of the guitar players who's also, I think, one of the best front men I've ever seen, and, and one of the best guitar players I've ever heard in my life, played with played with a bunch of huge artists. You know, both you know after Frank Zappa, in particular, he's at Frank's house in the basement at the Barking Pumpkin Studio recording something with Frank, and he just looks around, and he's like, "Wow, man, how do you afford all this awesome gear?" And he goes, "Simple, I don't do cocaine." <laughs> and the other guy was the guy was like.
0: Uh, well, I, I just assumed it because it was so fucking crazy oh, yeah. out there.
1: Well, you see pictures of like Terry Basio, you know, wearing like, you know, a Speedo and just
0: playing the living yeah, shit yeah, yeah, out yeah, of his yeah, drums yeah.
1: and then singing and at uh, two. And uh, it looks like he's gacked out of his skull. I and mean, I don't know if he was or wasn't.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, People don't blame me when I tell them I've never done drugs. So I was just like, really? It goes like, I just don't ever, I just never. It's Trust me, I live in Los Angeles. I've seen it. It's been in front of me. It's, well, yeah. it's right there. I could do it, but I was just like, eh.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, if you're going to do coke, go to Bolivia or Peru, then you're actually doing coke. And yeah, if, yeah. Chewing, if chewing on leaves, you're actually doing coke. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Here it gets stepped on so much, you're just going to have like baby laxative and vitamin C. Yeah. And if you want to do good coke, <laughs> find models. They have the best coke. <laughs> models always have the best coke. If, well, the few times it's
0: I've It's 90% done, of their diet. Like so,
1: Yeah, it we'll keeps them skinny. But the thing is like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, every, the, the few times I've done coke, which I haven't done in a very long time because I, I just I'm not it, here to judge. No, I mean I just it's not my vibe. It's do not you want to do it right now. No. Okay. <laughs> no, um, no it's just, my train goes downtown, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know the, the times I've done times I've done coke. Uh, it was you know it it was always the best if I did was was with models because <laughs> uh, they got the good stuff. Um, but it was this, but it wasn't the real shit. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, if you want to do the real thing, you got to go to the source because it there's a really good Gordon Ramsay. Uh, program that he did where he went through the whole refining process of cocaine and I swear anybody who sees that will never do cocaine again
0: dude I watched a documentary on it and so it was gnarly. disgusting
1: dude the kerosene ga- I mean the oh shit that you're not you're not doing a plant anymore you're doing some shit that is it's instant sinus infection that's one reason why I can't do it. Yeah. I instantly get a sinus infection plus the fact that I just <laughs> I can just drink a pot of coffee It's the most
0: and, lamest thing I've ever heard it sucks. <laughs> it sucks it
1: sucks it's an instant sinus infection
0: not cocaine anymore because I get sinus infection uh, well the thing is I can just drink
1: a pot of coffee and act like an asshole Everybody. yeah,
0: everybody yeah, yeah.
1: the same <laughs> fucking effect you know it's like I just yeah I just don't it's not my thing you know for me when I was doing a lot of drugs it was always psychedelics because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always trying to go there.
0: Yeah, know? and my friends do a lot of that shit, mushrooms and stuff. Yeah, like, the mushrooms so that were, stuff. Mushrooms are always
1: fun, kind of a tickle, ha-ha funny, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of LSD, because I always had really clean liquid, you know, where I grew up, there was always that, because there was a lot of time for people to do it, and it was a college town where I grew up, so yeah, there was always a lot of LSD around. And, um, you know, and, you know, reading, you know, Carl Young books and reading Carlos Castaneda and, you know, things about, you know, uh, Mexican brujos, you know, Mex- uh, like witch doctors, you know, and yeah. reading about how they would transform after, like, literally, like,
2: Fuck that <laughs> well, well it was a
1: journey they were trying to find that thing that was outside of your human yeah. experience you know what pause, what, pause what? Oh, yeah. Sorry. oh no, I no. I gotta piss my pants. oh no no do you, you think use i'm good right now oh yeah do you think Oh, that's okay. it's okay. Like no worries, man. It's good. It's good for your prostate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what
1: was I gonna say? Um, LSD. LSD. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was gonna, what I was talking about was like you know Carlos Castaneda talked about in the teachings of Don Juan, which is a a really great book that honestly reading that saved my life a couple times. and What I learned from it. The,
0: the, I, I know. Like, give me a rough breakdown of who Don Juan was. Don, um, I have
1: my idea of who he was. D- but. D- uh, the teachings of Don Juan is a book that was like fir- the first in uh, the series of books that later became not quite as good as the first one, in my opinion. Um, Carlos Castaneda was a uh, was a uh, I think a, 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 a he was a student at USC, and he went to uh, Sonora, Mexico. To meet this gentleman named Don Juan, who was a, a, a Yaki Indian, Yaqui Indian, Y A Q U I, Yaki Indian, you know, uh, uh, Aboriginal uh, basically, or you know, Native Native Mexican, yeah. like a, like uh, uh, like a witch doctor essentially, or a sorcerer, yeah. and he through Don Juan's uh, practice of util- utilizing what he called allies which were substances, datura being like a, a root uh, med- a medicine. His, his personal ally he chose was something called the smoke, which was basically a mushroom that he would crush and smoke. Okay. And, and then there was another, I'm trying to remember the other one. There's another one that was, um, gosh, I need to read it again. Um, there, was another, <laughs> there was another one. But I'm learning The, the, sm- the smoke was the, the, was the one that Don Juan chose and the one that Carlos Castaneda gravitated towards. There's a section in the book where he smokes it and has like this out-of-body experience where he becomes a crow and he flies okay and, and uh, well a oh, peyote obviously it was a big one big one and, uh, and um, that one obviously you eat it and you barf your guts out and then you have this incredibly crazy out yeah, of no, like okay. kind of well I mean it's just you purge like you would if you drank too much whiskey yeah, you, know? Yeah, and yeah. Then, but you know but you're but you having this really crazy metaphysical experience where you're going through what they would what he classified as non-ordinary reality <laughs> reality <laughs> that's still happening when you're not experiencing it because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a different like a dimension a, essentially
0: yeah, realm or something yeah, around yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sometimes yeah,
1: kind of Conscious, you know that kind of thing, and it kind of correlates. Cause I was reading a lot of Carl Jung at the same time, who's modern, you know, father of modern psychology, and um, and these are these are things I'm reading in high school. Wow! Because I I was starved Wait. for information.
0: Are you a nerd?
1: Well, if anything, I well, I well, you know, it's funny because in tenth grade, I was student teaching anatomy and physiology. I was gonna, I was gonna be a neurologist. I was, I was gonna going to work on people's brains.
0: So just say, yeah,
1: you're a nerd. I yeah, I was a nerd. I was a nerd. I was a nerd, but I was getting laid and had long hair and played rock and roll. So I was a, I was a nerdy rock and roller. You know,
0: you're everything I ever wanted to be. Well,
1: I was I was student teaching, and I'd go to school like on fucking, you know, on masculine. I'd tripping balls in school because I was such a, I was so bored with it.
0: Wait, why are we on mescaline?
1: That's because I had it.
0: Oh, okay. You took <laughs> it. Out. Okay, I'm pur- <laughs> <laughs> I took mescaline because I had it.
1: <laughs> it Purple dot, you know, yeah. and it was good, you know. And I remember doing some Shakespeare skits one day in class, and I I only broke character for a second, but I was f- tripping balls. But I, I <laughs> we would go around to uh, the underclassmen, and I'm I'm a fully like tripping tripping on masculine. I remember like laying on my back during lunch hour, looking up one of the cheerleaders' skirts, and just like checking <laughs> out her shit. <laughs> Just
0: do that anymore. Oh, I
1: totally did, and she busted me, but she didn't care. She actually moved, and I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> um, uh, it was a, it was an interesting day, but I, w- I went to an underclassman's <laughs> class and underclassmen's class, and we we did some skits from like Romeo and Juliet, where I played Romeo or I played uh, Juliet's father, and uh, and uh, the apothecary, who you know, you know Shakespearean uh, uh, characters, and at one point I'm telling, I'm telling Juliet, you know, out foul spot, you know, kicking her out of my house and her face is going, and I just go and then I, in the middle of it this kind of was like, holy shit, your face is moving in such a crazy way, and uh, it was funny, and uh, the girl who actually I came, I kind of like came out to, it, it was like, oh, I'm totally tripping balls, she goes, oh I'm like, I'm like uh, she goes, yeah, I was doing really good except for that little laugh you made. But I'm, like, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I didn't think anyone would notice that. But, was, but that's the uh, things you do in a small town when you're bored and nothing's a challenge and you're bored with school. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I wish I'd just got my GED and got the fuck out.
0: No shit. Like, yeah. I, I, I talked to my friend Emily last week. Mm-hmm. Like I was hanging out with her and mm-hmm. she's like telling me all about like uh, holistic stuff and mushrooms and all like that and like, yeah. talking about like uh, ayahuasca trips and all that yeah. stuff and I'm like, oh man, it all sounds amazing and then it's like, but uh she was telling me about this experience like she did it and she felt like it made- kevin's back everyone That's And um <laughs> she had to go to like the darkest part of her mind and like she was in this she was being guided it was fine mm-hmm. um but she knew that she was not allowed to get out of it until she resolved it oh, yeah. and then she said after whatever length of time it resolved came out and she said she felt like she was purged everything yeah I'm not doing that because <laughs> if I go there, I might get stuck there forever. Uh, <laughs> so well, just
1: that's, like... well, that's the thing about psychedelics, you know. They, they they were well. The thing is, you know, it's like LSD for, for my my knowledge of it is that it basically. It's it tri- triggers a chemical in your brain that's already there in your yeah, hypo, yeah. in your hypothalamus, yeah. and it's the same same kind of experience that monks would have for three or you know Buddhist monks would have for three days of not eating or sleeping, and then next thing you know, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's it's basically what LSD was was a trigger to skip that three days of you know fasting and yeah, not yeah. sleeping get to get to that point, and you know it's. I never had. I mean, I had some great experiences, you know, and I created a bunch of crazy music and had fun and was entertaining. But I never got to that point where I was, you know, never never being a believer in the archetypes of God and Devil, but reading all about them and understanding the symbolism involved and blah 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 and Yin and Yang and all these cross
0: again i'm too cynical for it
1: it's just well, like it's well just, you know you like look at nature that nature for me for me rules everything yeah, and me it, too. and it's infinitely yeah. feminine it's not masculine i mean there's there's things about it that are that are you know just terrifying and, and 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 you know uh, Incredibly, like Fuck strong and, shit. and destructive, like so, yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, women being the creative aspect of, uh, and I guess you know, you think Mother Nature and like hurricanes and storms and disease. That's just <laughs> and, nature on yeah, its period. Yeah, Same. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's there's <laughs> feminine and masculine elements to uh, to uh, obviously to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And but I, I never had that experience that I was looking for after reading about like Timothy Leary. I or, don't
0: think I need the like the drugs to see or appreciate or feel those things. I get, I get it. You, it probably would enhance it and make me see things in a different way or more... Well, you don't have
1: to be a heroin addict to, to read a William you know, uh, Burroughs book to understand what a heroin addict's yeah. life's like. You know, you can experience that through reading, you know, and I mean, I definitely suggest that because I've lost a number of people to heroin and I wouldn't suggest it. yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, that's one thing I've never tried to do and the same reason why I don't have any tattoos. And everybody I know is tattooed yeah. except for me I mean, I'm, not I'm kind of the exception I'm to the rule I'm sorry if I offend you no not at all <laughs> <laughs> I, I think tattoos are great and I've been offered a ton of it I just I don't like needles Yeah. I'm not a needle guy and it's like that's one, one reason why I, I don't I don't like to give blood to, I don't even know what my blood type is yeah, yeah. neither do I it's weird it's, it is weird if I get really injured I might be really fucked yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> mosquitoes really like me but you know it's, it's uh, there's the one time I really had a true psychedelic experience that revealed to me some truths okay was after a friend of mine committed suicide oh, for about yeah. four days after. But, you know, and it's funny because he, uh, he, he was, yeah, and that's is a person who actually saved my life one time. He uh, dragged me out of a building that was on fire and I was Jesus. like breathing smoke and I didn't know I was just going to go to sleep.
0: Dude. I was D- like, And oh, die.
1: I was dying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he like, Started pounding holes in the roof and running f- hoses up, and the embers were all on fire, and all this crazy shit was going on. And I'm just like, eh. yeah. and I just smoked weed because I was high, and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm just tired because I'm high. Yeah. It was like, no, no dude, it's you're called sm- carbon monoxide. Yeah, you, you are you're breathing dying. wood. Yeah. yeah, you're breathing burning wood and uh, the plaster in the ceiling. And um, and you know, he saved my life. And he was this amazing guy who was a grip. He'd done some time in prison. He was a super intelligent. He went to Wales and built an elect, you know, electrical like facility, like you know, generators and all kinds of shit hyper capable human being, yeah, yeah. highly intelligent, you know, and got arrested for being on top of the blue cafe in Long Beach, completely naked. The SWAT team came and got him and took him for an <laughs> elevator ride Dan, oh man, what a what a guy, but he was also someone that reminded me a lot about certain parts of myself, and that was a that person who worked really hard for everybody else, always gave of himself, yeah, gave, yeah. and he basically gave everything to the point where his hands were so arthritic he couldn't work anymore yeah. he i should have known something was up because the last four days i hung out with him he he was like drinking wine smoking weed with me and he never done that before huh. and he I, he's like man you know my hands really stiff And he's like do you man can i do you have a guitar i could borrow I'm like dude i'll build you a guitar because yeah, yeah. i do that and he's just like you'll build a guitar for me i'm like yeah dude yeah i mean yeah i'll of course of course i will for you you know and four days into it and, and you know it was like right after new year's eve and i'm trying to remember the year it was 2001 um, no, two thousand two, um, no, 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 two thousand, yeah, two thousand yeah, two thousand
0: two. Don't do drugs. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I had to remember because I,
1: I soon after that I, l- I left the band I was in because I had learned something that made me like say decide okay get down with your life. Yeah. You just watched a friend of yours basically. He hung himself, but he didn't hang himself. He choked himself out. He could have stood up and lived, but he was just done. He didn't want to – what I learned from him was that he didn't want to be anybody's – he didn't want to be a burden yeah. to his family and to his friends because he just couldn't work anymore. There's people that are mutual friends with me, he and I, that I know owe, owed him money that would have made all the difference in the world in his life. That you know, he just, He's just one of those people who just selflessly gave and gave and gave and gave and gave to the point where he had – he was done. Jesus,
0: that's sad, man. He it was, it was uh, 38. Fuck. 38. God, like, so I talk – I think oh, – if I talk about a lot about like – being like depressed and kind of that meaning of life and shit as well, and it's just yeah. like I hear stuff like that, and I go on again. Like it could be anybody, but for me, like it could be me. Yeah. I was Like oh, crap, well, and I don't want to feel like that. Like so. I felt
2: like that,
1: you know, in the last two years of high school, and I knew I didn't belong there. I knew I was spinning my wheels. I knew I was wasting my time. Yeah, I knew what I. Was, I've known since I was the very first memory I have as a, as a person. I must have been really young because I remember I remember being in that crib. Wow. So yes. I was young. Yeah, that's young. And I remember being in my crib and looking up, and there was this blue bell that had little blue bells on it. And when I moved, it made music. Mm. That's my first memory. Wow. And I was young.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I remember just playing that bell by shaking my crib. Wow. That's <laughs> I, crazy. That's the first memory I yeah. have. And I was obviously a, an infant. Like, yeah. I was in a crib. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. couldn't stand up and jump out. I was young. That's nuts. And that, to me, was the signal of everything I was supposed to do and I, and I, until I could find a way to facilitate that later on you know and um and you know it's not everybody gets that gift handed to them in life you know there's a lot of people you know i've worked with people who are stuck in a cubicle they get married they, they have to get a couple kids kind get of a, a house yeah. get that ball and chain you know and you know some some people that's that's what they want to do they just yeah. want to be a parent and have kids and, and be like their parents maybe and that's there's nothing totally wrong with Totally fine. Nothing I've talked, wrong I've with actually that.
0: talked about it because I've had a vasectomy and I've told, told everybody I did a podcast on it. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's you do absolutely nothing wrong with that. what's wrong with it is people like me that know they don't want to do it and they just do it anyway yeah. or they get trapped in relationships or... Yeah, like, I mean... I'm like, I don't want that, like, so just... That was the first... Man, when I fucking ended my last relationship, the first thing my mother said is, like, yeah. so aren't you so lucky no children are involved? I oh, like, yeah. going, thank fucking God! Like, yeah. so, I'm not religious, but Jesus, thank yeah. God, like, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the whole reason why I got married, is because, well, I was 42 years old, and I thought, well, it's time to be a dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I just want one, and just do it right, and I spoil him.
0: And as just, you said earlier, technically you got it, so... Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got it, all right. I learned. Um... Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. Whatever you know, I wish her the best. Um, you know, but when I you know being fifty now, it's like being a. You don't look fifty. I can't say it's clean living. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've 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 limited my 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 uh, my my vices to ones that I can handle. Red <laughs> wine, coffee, and weed. Yeah, yeah, anything yeah, yeah. beyond that, I'm like. And yeah. all that's legal here. Yeah, 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 it's this is all legal. It's nice. Um, well, I, I give all the credit to my mom. You know, she's got she's got it. Her, she her fan her. I take. Uh, more after her side of the family. I'm I'm of slight build. Uh she looks very young for her age. All of her family lives you know, f- to forever. I mean my only grandparent left is her father and he's ninety five and he's he's got the sharpest memory God of damn. he's got a sharper memory than I do. And I I've got to talk a pretty to him, good, yeah he's a you know marine fought in oh Ro- God, World, really? War, World War World in Korea. Where does yeah. he live? He, he lives in Michigan. Shit. Does he ever come out here? No, he can't travel really he, oh, I guess, right? he yeah he, he's He's an, he's an interesting an interesting guy sweet sweet man was um, he was in World War II though? World War II and Korea oh, marine God, yeah I
0: would love to talk to someone like
1: that yeah that's the thing you know it's like people you know I, I mean my I, my my father's father was in World War Two as well and he uh I he never spoke he had a stroke and that's stroke strokes and heart attacks are what plagues my father's side of his family okay. my dad's actually still alive um he's he's doing good um doing better than he was last year he's he's on an oxygen tank though he's got you know he's as he said i wish i quit smoking t- 40 years ago instead of 20 years yeah, ago yeah, so yeah. he's got one lung that works in about 25 25 <laughs> per- of one that does work yeah, the Thing yeah. is he's a great cook and he can't because he's on oxygen he can't go in the kitchen because of you know open flame yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. Know shit, right? yeah so um you know and, and uh, you know it's, it's funny I, after my parents split i ended up being the best man in my dad's remarriage and they've been together ever since you know and so i I think our, I think my divorce my parents divorce was a lot harder and my sister was three years older than me and she you know you know dads and daughters have the connection that yeah. maybe fathers and sons don't as much or I was too young to really understand you know and he was a cop he was a, a detective yeah. and you know yeah, yeah angry weird. angry angry drunk <laughs> Irish cop you know
0: hey no yeah man, yeah, every, true. Every, <laughs> yeah,
1: you're a hammer and everything's a nail you know yeah, yeah, and that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. thing you know so I mean and you know and my mom being a sharp as a razor and super capable a woman and a corporate lady and super sex you know, successful her whole life and I can imagine the two of them together.
0: Yeah, just like just two, two bulls on a giant. Just yeah, 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 just
1: yeah. you know, it it's no surprise I'm who I am, and it's no surprise my sister is who she is. Hey. And, and she's raised two amazing sons. That One's in pre-med who's, like, working on a cure for cancer right now. He's a really bright Jesus. kid. And the other one, uh, Jake, who I'm driving up to Northern California to move my mom, actually south down to uh, Lake Elsinore this weekend, going to be going all next week packing up everything in her house of 30 years. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm 50, so I've got some time to maybe – meet somebody and have a kid at some you, point but
0: lots of time you're fine
1: I yeah well so. the thing is i don't know if i want to bring one into this world right now
0: there is uh, one of the main reasons i got a vasectomy yeah. so because I'm not, I'm not i'm not like i'm not uh i'm not a well maybe i am cynical by nature i don't think i'm cynical but like i'm cynical towards like with the world we're living in i made a, I made a judgment call for myself like so also like uh if you like, it's I don't know where the science is on this, like, but with like depressions and anxiety disorder, a lot of that's hereditary within bloodlines and stuff. So it's just like, I don't feel good about bringing like one a small child into this world. Because like, the thing is, my my theory on it is we don't raise them anymore. Yeah, now we have phones and computers and internets and. Well, All this shit, we don't. You don't really raise them. Like the, the val- teaching values to kids is very different now as it was. Like, dude, I knew when I was younger, if I did anything wrong, I was getting a beaten, and I was it. And that's bring back beaten kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, a- I- but I'm not really. But I am kind of. You uh, know, when you. You learn manners, dude, and it's a still to this day one of my like. I, I, I hang out with a bunch of horrible cons, like they're the best. <laughs> I love them, like they're fucking the best. All the yeah, lads yeah. I hang, but a big thing amongst all of us is manners. Like oh, we're yeah. very like we all like shut up, you stupid prick, like blah blah blah, but like pass me to salt thanks very much yeah. know, like, uh, excuse me sc- like, manners is a massive thing It's oh, yeah. uh, well
1: my, my mom was raised Southern Baptist Okay, and they're fucking crazy <laughs> uh, where my dad was Irish Catholic so those, That's two, a things, different type of those two things yeah, right yeah. there were like uh, not gonna work oh an iron
0: fist those like all Irish Catholics but there. my
1: mom oh yeah I ate more soap and I had more yardsticks across the back of my thighs yeah. than you can imagine man and uh, and you know I also had fingernails into the earlobe with blood coming oh my out.
0: god because I, I was
1: <laughs> a shit I was a shit shit i was a shit and <laughs> i learned you know and you know and i learned not if i was going to be a shit to do it so no one found out
0: that's hilarious well like that's, and that's hide the, your shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the funny thing about like the world like we never even talked about it. i want to kind of like wrap it because it's long and i want to but no i want to do another one because like we never i know you're like you're big like not big into it but you're politically minded and you're but you have some great views on the well, world and the, the what's going on and
1: well i think you know it's 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 all a balancing act and I, I think as far as politically I can say for one thing I'm I'm an issues voter. I'm a registered independent. Um, but I, I come from like a blue collar, you know, working background and I grew up on a farm, but both my stepfather and father were law, you know, law officer or you know, law enforcement. Yeah. Most of my family was on my mom's side in particular and my dad's side military. Yeah. You know, so pretty much all conservative people, some some conservative Democrats, some conservative Republicans, but pretty much conservative. You know, um but uh, I was never my mom, like you mentioned, something about raising, your, raising your, you know, other people. I kind of raised myself. My mom just kind of was like, "eh, yeah, don't yeah. get in trouble," and I won't bug you, you know. So I learned how to not get in trouble. Yeah. And but I also had Legos and stuff to keep me occupied. Yeah. As yeah a your kid, mind, like, so, I was yeah. building and then creating, you know, at, from a young age till I could get a hold of you know instruments. And yeah, yeah. You know, I was like biding my time to a degree probably, but I also always had music to listen to. So I always had something to keep me in line. Yeah. And it was. I knew I had to do something, and you know, and, you know. I, I, but I am I, not with other kids. I played sports. I came up, I came up playing sports and stuff, you know. And I realized I was never going to be, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive end because I couldn't gain <laughs> enough weight to, to to do that. Though I was a good athlete, yeah, yeah. I just was never. It wasn't, you know, I couldn't gain weight. And I, I, I mean, I it was strong and in shape because I was a farm boy. But you know, I was never going to be a, a college football player or a college hockey player or a college race wrestler or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I knew that wasn't my route. Plus, I was making money, and I was like, you know, none of these chicks that I'm with are making out with me because I'm a athlete. They're making out with me because i got long hair and I'm in a band.
0: That's amazing. You know, <laughs> you know? And so the road began. Yeah. And Greg went down it. <laughs> well, you know, pol-
1: politics, I think, I'm going to say
0: this about the current state. Make it brief because I want to do a whole or okay. if you want to come back. No, I want. I know no, this is fantastic. Absolutely. Like, no. I, now I want to go back and I'm like, shit, I learned too much so I'm going to go back and listen to
1: this all. <laughs> Just like, I'm going to say one thing. Do it. I know a couple billionaires, one who actually earned it, and who worked really hard. One who was born into it, and that's how most of them are. Let's just be Analyst. honest. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, you know, I I have a problem. You know, it's like when you shake hands with shake hands with an A and R person. It's like you know, grabbing a fish. You can tell they've Dude. Never, they've never yes. they've never worked a fucking day in their yes. life. Yes,
0: soft mushy hands. I uh, swear to God, this is this is I can. Back this story up 1 million percent. Go. Sorry. They, they've never worked a day not, in their life. Not a callus. Not a my single one. My hands are fucking ruined. Yeah. Like,
1: I, so. I mean, my fingers are bent. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've got scars. I've got scars. I, I don't have tattoos. I
0: judge men like that.
1: I, of course. I, I do, do too.
0: And, you know, it's like if you're lucky enough
1: to go through life not having to bust your ass, cool. Yeah. You know, but appreciate the effort that helps you create, it helped you create your position in the world. I see where this is going. Yeah. This is the thing is I will say this to all the political people and political minded out people out there who should be everyone because whether you invest in politics or not it invests in you everything that you do is political in some way you vote with your dollar so research who you're supporting if you're okay with supporting those people then keep spending your money there if you're not okay don't give them your money um what i will say is the biggest problem that we're having in this country right now is wealth disparity and the fact is that racism sexism all the isms isms isms
0: they don't exist what are you talking about yeah
1: those are all (laughs) those are all symptomatic of a bigger a bigger problem that always comes to the head in in societies where you know great wealth gets way too owned by way too few and the problem is we're headed towards almost like a feudal system again and 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 it's it's the problems aren't between the people in in the bottom 99 percent those are all the same people, regardless of color, background, ethnicity, mm-hmm. religion, whatever. That's, all those people are in the same. It's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah. And that club, and the problem is the people who are so wealthy that they don't reinvest in the society that enables their wealth. And I'm a capitalist. I'm a, I'm a small business owner, yeah. but I believe in capitalism with ethics yeah. and morality. And you do good business because it it's not that hard to be a decent human being. It actually takes more energy to be a fucking asshole. 100%. And you know, it's like you can't take it with you. So, you know, be generous, help people. I, I, always lead you know a hand down to yeah. lift people up. You don't punch down. Yeah. You punch up if anything. But, you know, there's people who have earned it. And and there's people who I think, you know, have been incredibly generous to me that had not much more than myself. You know, and um I've given away countless dollars to people i mean I was, i've been lucky enough to make a bunch of money from the record industry at points and just like helped other people with it you know this and that and enabled people to create money on my back um and that's that's fine um but i think the the biggest symptom of what's going on right now in this country is the wealth disparity yeah. and the fact that there's people who work themselves to death and have nothing to show for it barely can get through life and they, they're not bad they're not lazy and I'm not talking about.
0: It's just unfortunate. It's well, unfortunate.
1: Yeah. It's unfortunate, and the you know, unbridled capitalism or vulture capitalism, like I call it, is, it's 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 that's what's creating all these problems.
0: I I will say two things. One, I quote the my my friend who's a wise philosopher, Bob. I talk about him a lot. Like so, uh, he has a, 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 a paraphrasing like so. You don't leave the village; you take the village with you, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the mentality I feel like me and a lot of the friend the friends we I have that's how we live by and two uh, 2024 uh gregory coats i like the sound of it i'm just saying i'm putting it out there we can get like Soundgarden as his fucking anthem we'll do some fucking killer vignettes and all that shit like so you, you like fucking banging a coffee a beer and some weed and you're just like and all you're doing is saying what's true that's it like i can deal with that like so well
1: you know that's, i think that i think um you know i i I've been blessed and lucky to, to travel the world and play music and, and, and be involved in other ethnicities who are super inclusive with me. And maybe not everyone's had that experience, but yeah. the biggest problem is the biggest two problems are greed and fear. And you know, if you live in fear, you're not living at all. And you can't be afraid of other people because they're just people. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't take this stuff with you. So, you know, the very best, make sure you live a life where people, when, they, when you're gone and they mention your name, they have a smile on their face. Or at least a, a positive nod. You know, just do that. I just do it. that much. I'm know?
0: stopping it here. That was amazing. <laughs> you know what? We still have to finish the why Eddie Vedder. Oh, was Chris Cornell. <laughs> <Well,
1: laughs> and I didn't tell you my story about what I saw. But we'll, we'll no, no. I want
0: to do it all again. Please, it was like an amazing
1: so. experience. And I mean, there was a room full of people there that, that witnessed it. And they were just like, holy shit. Because I basically talked to a dead person in front of a group full of people.
0: I can't, you're down to do this again? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, want, yeah, I want yeah. to keep, I want to, I don't want to say it's cold in
1: here as so. well. No, no, no. I got chills thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. It's like when I, you know, I, I, yeah, there's just certain things that, you know, that, you know, it, it, there is way, things way beyond what we know. Yeah. There's, there's realities way beyond, there's dimensions, there's things that we can't qualify or quantify. Yeah. That's
0: the beautiful thing about the world. Yeah. Right? Life and the people in it. So yeah. we just got to stop being fearful and stop yeah. being greedy and yeah. then start sharing all this shit. Absolutely. We sound
1: like a bunch of fucking hippies ending this crap. Well, you know, it's idealism, but, you know, there's ideas that are good.
0: Yeah. Well, that's how shit gets done, though, yeah. as well. Like, so on that note, like, so um, if uh, I hope the world gets going again just to uh, <laughs> shit, sometime soon, and uh, hopefully, fucking the bourbon room opens up again, yeah. and hopefully, Rock of Ages starts again. Mm. And uh, I actually acquired uh, you and your business skills. Skills or your, your talents a few months ago, but if you're in LA or anywhere or surrounding counties and they need like guitar work done or instrument work done, yeah. I'll put the links in the, the, the thingy below and all that stuff. Nah. Like, so is there anything you want to plug for yourself? Or,
1: no, I just I got I, I've done a, like I've got a, like six or seven records I'll have done by the end of this year. You know, there's oh, I'm Can I'm taking, they find under your name, um, not under my name, um, but I'll, I'll give you all the details when we come back. We'll get into sick this last part of it because we didn't even get into really what it. A lot of what I've done musically and people I worked with and this and that and people I hope to work with, you know. Yeah. And some, yeah, I, I got stories, man. Dude,
0: this is great. I think this is <laughs> going to be like a multicast or something. Well, like if so. people are interested, you know, so I don't give a fuck. I'm interested. Well, on that, no, like I'm going, I'm going to call it because like it's like nearly two hours, which oh, is hilarious. Shit. It's no, no, it's awesome. I love okay. it. Um, uh, yeah so all, all the same shit like if uh, with me if you enjoy the podcast all that crap blah, blah 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 or enjoy anything I do you can donate patreon.com forward slash Jimmy Trigger uh, Venmo and cash apps are at Jimmy Trigger the paypal is at triggerwithin at gmail.com for any donations dollars whatever the fuck quarter support whatever the fuck support, support yeah cause none of us are playing shows none of us are really selling anything anymore which fucking sucks as well um, and uh, I'll link uh, Greg's fucking socials fucking follow him like why not I Follow him. It's cool. I like it. Uh, we like things. Um, he might <laughs> say something that you like, uh, but yeah, no, dude, come back. I want to do more because this is like I, I can't. I'm excited tomorrow to listen back to this for myself because uh. I'm like, what the fuck was just
1: said? Well, there's a bunch of things we we touched on that we'll we'll, we'll completely. I can't on. wait. Yeah. All, All right.
0: right. So uh, episode 35. That was Greg, Jimmy, Kev was in this a lot. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> it. This is the Trigger Man podcast. <laughs> Bye. Fuck off my lawn. <laughs> Amazing.
2: Right on, man. Dude,
0: that was, like, no, I, I.